0: Miami detectives Marcus Burnett yeah, and Mike Lowry. This, it was the ultimate nightmare. The
1: tactical discreet. This finesse and stops. I want to talk about it right now. Well, I'll see if they'll give us a timeout. Look at you. Look at you. Can you stay focused? What are you talking about? I'm focused. Yeah, focus on- what are you, a cop or a model? Hey,
0: don't hate the player. Hate the game.
2: I hate the her. Let's try to do this right. No gunshots. No dead bodies.
1: Well, you know, if I recall correctly, the last couple dead bad guys belong to you. Please, you ain't even trying to compare body counts.
3: on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover patreon patreon subscribers also get an on-air shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which we have been doing for just about a year now there yeah. is uh, almost 50 bonus episodes or so waiting for you if you guys haven't made the jump yet definitely consider doing that and speaking of which we did have a lot of people make the jump this week so Sweet. we're going to shout those guys out now we have chad o'neill uh jonathan dick sean r moorhead sean obviously guest on the show yeah he brought uh kiyoshi Kirasawa with him he did a oh, uh, nice. cure and serpent's path so sean finally made the jump this week thanks so much sean Those were great um, fabius h rock 95 ism all right sounds Thank all right <laughs> and uh daniel salas Cool. Thanks guys. So thanks so much for making the jump this week. Uh, we appreciate the support and hope you guys are enjoying all those bonus episodes. Luckily no one made me read anything crazy out this month. What was the last one? Someone made me read out impeach the paw patrol (laughs) last week. So no one, no one's messing with me this week. Um, that's the one plug. The other plug for the week, uh, Apple podcasts, iTunes. I know you guys are listening on Apple podcasts out there. And if you are, just scroll all the way to the bottom there, get to the show, and give us a good old rating and review over uh, over there. Um, we, uh, it helps us find new listeners and climb the ranks over there, so we appreciate that as well. But those are the plugs for the week. As always, I'm your host, Josh Lewis, and joining me... Jamie Miller, welcome back. My regular co-host, as some of you will obviously recognize. <laughs> um, two weeks ago, I think, would have been the last time you guys would have heard from us, and uh, we would have done our annual best genre movies of the year list we did big old episodes, hours counting down our top 10 genre movies of 2019 hopefully you guys (laughs) have listened to that if not though again any podcast listener of choice it's out there we we had some some big ones at the top there and jamie and i agreed on the number one i'm sure you guys know what it is but just in case you don't it's a surprise over there, so go take a listen. Um, and uh, for bonus listeners, to know patreon.com slash sleezoids podcast. The exclusive bonus episode last week was a John Woo double feature voted on yeah. by our patrons. It was their second highest voted double feature that they wanted us to talk about, so we did The Killer. From 1989, as well as Hard Boiled from 1992. Two action movies that are very close to Amazing. my heart. Uh, I five-starred both of them. Yeah, yeah. and I'm <laughs> on
2: my way. I'm sure I will. Yep.
3: Uh, so if you haven't heard that rewatch. episode, that was last week's bonus episode. Again, patreon.com slash Podcast, if you want to hear that. But this week, branching off of John Woo and the art of excess and action <laughs> poetry, we decided we wanted to take a little bit of a look in conjunction with the release of a of a new film in theaters at the American version of that. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the grotesque American id at the center of one very famous excessive <laughs> action filmmaker out of, I believe he is out of uh, Los Angeles. Of course, of course. <laughs> we are talking about one Michael Bay. And in order to do that, we the have b- brought on one of Film Twitter's... <laughs> foremost michael bay experts and also (laughs) uh the host of the waffle press podcast and that is diego crespo diego how are you doing
1: i am doing great thank you guys so much for having me uh long time twitter pal with josh actually (laughs)
3: yes we've been we've been on twitter since like the 2013 days i think (laughs) film twitter has grown and changed in that time period quite
1: a bit it is definitely a lot of things now <laughs> um, I remember the simpler days And it was like I don't like Birdman or Man of Steel Hey, I like those movies
3: Yeah, that was but. all we talked about
1: <laughs> Yep but, but. Simpler times But uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on um, <laughs> I, I totally forgot to mention before the show too But I also recently just did A, uh, a Michael Bay podcast With the, the pals over at Talk Film Society Called Bayhem Amazing uh, Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun. That's kind of like how I spent my free time last year. Well, there you (laughs) go. So you you, are you are
3: (laughs) you are researched for this episode then. (laughs) Oh, you
1: guys have no idea.
3: (laughs) Amazing. Okay, so as the show goes, we usually have the guests bring the double features with them. And we kind of knew we wanted to do this one anyway. Yeah. But we're going to have you introduce
1: the two films we're talking about today. So what are we talking about, Diego? We are talking about Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Amazing. The most American films ever made.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's hard to argue for sure.
3: (laughs) Directed, obviously, by one Michael Bay. I don't even think we need a reason to pair these together. Usually we're like, why do these two double feature together? (laughs) But there's no explanation. They are in the same franchise. They're by the same filmmaker. But uh, I would say very especially, though, uh, it is the directorial debut of Michael Bay.
0: It's the very first voices. film
3: he ever made. Oh wow! The, the honing of that style, and then a couple years and a couple films later, yeah. you can see where that style has gone. This is a, a uh, like experiment in the creation of Bayham. Of Bayham is yeah. what we're watching here.
2: Absolutely, um, ground zero.
3: So and because there is a new film coming out just this month called Bad Boys for Life, I think they called it. They kind of screwed up not waiting for the fourth one to call it that, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they could have done four. Bad Boys for four. Like, Life, that's, right? like come that you, like you,
1: you would have thought so, but I think they're they're kind of counting their eggs before they hatch. Because Sony was like one of those main studios that was like, we're teeing up sequels, we're teeing up sequels, and they're like, oh f- shit, none of our franchises are. Or picking up steam. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody so likes they just kind of like, you know, at corners. Amazing. Well, that being
3: said, I think we're going to jump right into the first film here because we need to we need to get it out of the way before we can get into <laughs> the masterpiece. Bad Boys 2, but definitely stick around for our discussion on Bad Boys 2, if not, because on this rewatch, I felt like I saw God. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah we are going to we we are (laughs) going to talk about bad boys 2 very in depth but before we do that we are going to jump in first here chronologically we are going to talk about the directorial debut of a little independent filmmaker known as michael bay
0: (laughs) the more will be served Justice will be done. You forgot your boarding pass. Oh, sh- and boys will be boys. Bad boys, what you gonna do? Bad boys, bad boys, what, what you gonna, gonna do? do? What you gotta do when <laughs> they come for you.
3: All right, we are talking Bad Boys, the 1995 American buddy cop action comedy film directed by Michael Bay in uh, what we've already said is his feature directorial debut given to him by producers Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, who uh, also famously started the careers of one Tony Scott
2: Oh, Back in sweet. his
3: early '80s action days, Top Gun, Days of Thunder, things of this nature. So what
2: was Bay doing before this? Like, what gave? Before this,
3: this is this is a great place to start actually, because I actually ended up looking a little bit up about Michael Bay. Because I was kind of like, "How did Michael Bay get this gig?" That was yeah. my question when I first watched the movie. I was like, "They they just pick a guy off the street." They were like, "We have a screenplay," but as it turns out, and he just
2: so happens to be like reptilian-brained. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. So, as it kind of turns out, Michael Bay we're going to go right to the beginning. We're going to psychoanalyze (laughs) Michael Bay here. So as a young child, Michael Bay,
2: (laughs) I didn't expect this at all. (laughs) Here we go. You think
3: it's a joke, but it's not. I'm so pumped. As a young boy, Michael Bay, and this is a true story. He attached some firecrackers to a toy train model set. And he filmed the ensuing fiery disaster with his mother's eight millimeter camera. The fire department was called and he was grounded. (laughs) That is the beginning of Bayham. That's amazing. As he says it, he said, ever since then I saw that amazing little toy train on fire exploding on an eight millimeter camera. He knew he wanted to be a filmmaker. So he spent a while interning in the movie industry. He interned for, uh, among others, George Lucas. He actually worked in the storyboard department as a, I guess a guy carrying the coffees and papers around, Uh, For Raiders of the Lost Ark, which he apparently thought was going to be a terrible movie when he was looking (laughs) at the storyboards. And then he was like, wow, filmmaking. (laughs) How about that? From there, he became a music video and commercial director. Um,
2: Okay.
3: He directed very famous commercials for Coca-Cola. And he even won a Clio Award for the very famous advertising campaign Got Milk?
2: Really? Yes. That's Bay? Well,
3: he, directing. I don't know that he wrote oh, it. There oh, was definitely, sure. There was yeah, definitely sure. some Don Draper types in there who came up with the – one guy came up and was like, got milk. And then the Don Draper came up and put the little question mark and <laughs> yeah. they were like, holy <laughs> fuck. They all, all their minds exploded. And But he but directed Bay, that Bay, milk flowing. Bay directed it and he did win a Clio for uh, the commercial that he directed wow. doing that. And then that was what put him on the radar, his music videos, this very flashy commercial music video aesthetic that he had, very stylish, very oversaturated it got the attention of Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, who previously had a lot of success making these really broad action movies and these kind of very, uh, I mean, they did Top Gun 2, very masculine films in a lot of cases. Um, So they had the screenplay floating around about these buddy cops, um, and they kind of had the film working, but they needed a guy, a young guy, to come in and direct it, and they picked Michael Bay. And therefore, Michael Bay... Exists Was born. There you go. And you can see it happen in bad boys in real time because you can tell yeah, that that's he crazy. doesn't feel a lot for this screenplay. Yeah. Like there's not a lot that they've come up with here. It really just is. they're, they're really spinning their wheels on the fact that Will Smith and Martin, and Martin Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. have like some buddy charisma right. and some chemistry together. And they the, and really I'm assuming the, the,
2: that coming from comedy, they're probably very good at improvisation and
3: coming from TV, especially. Yeah. I mean, this is also the movie, to be fair, that also brought us Will Smith, right? As a movie star,
2: because they broke that this kind of broke he was a he was Fresh Prince right. At the time, right. he
3: actually was still making Fresh Prince while doing this. Yeah. So, this was like the birth of Will Smith, action movie star, yeah, um, as well. And to be fair, he both of the actors I think are quite good in the film. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Um, but I will just say that will drive the first the basic especially. premise where they were like, here's the family man cop, here's the ladies man cop, both both of them kind of break the rules to solve the case. Yeah. It's yeah. it's very trailer voice shit. Like Yeah, honestly. yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> one cop drives like this, one cop drives like this, and like and watch them solve a case together. Uh, but Diego, maybe you could tell us about like your first time
1: watching this film. God. I don't even remember how. Old. Like if I feel like it's always been there in my life, you know. <laughs> like it's just been sitting there because you know, I, I I'm Mexican but I, I was born in America and as an American like it Michael Bay just is a thing. Like whether yeah. or not everyone accepts it or understands it, like <laughs> that's like the voice of the American people in a lot of ways, for better and worse, I think. It, this is this is complete like honesty for me. This is there's Hon- no irony here. Maybe a little bit, but like <laughs> Like, that's what people think when they, they see, like, American films. I mean, now it's, like, Marvel shit, but, like, whatever. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but for a while, like, the 90s, the Jerry Bruckheimer look and everything, like, a lot of those films kind of, like, melded in my memory. Like, uh, I'm a big fan of The Last Boy Scout uh, from the great, uh, late Tony Scott. Yes. And, like, I didn't realize I had seen that until I rewatched it a couple years ago because I just put those images in my mind from other Bruckheimer-era films. Mm. And so, for a while, it took me to like a, a while to disassociate from all that. Like, okay, like this one's that one, this one's this one. They all kind of look and operate the same, but they all have like their own peaks and valleys, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't really remember the first time I ever saw the first Bad Boys. I just remember the Bad Boys 2 making the big impression on me. Uh, Bad Boys is a fine film, it's a solid picture, and I don't think it's a great one or even like. <laughs> A very good one <laughs> yeah. but it, it's a it's a rock solid like debut you know i mean for the for the budget it was shot for too
2: well especially like to establish yeah. this kind of like Bay aesthetic, I guess, uh, is is interesting. Like I actually didn't know that this was his very first uh, feature length film. Yep. So now that I've now that I know that and I'm I'm you can thinking kind of sense movie, that in the yeah, film. Like you can you cool. can sense
3: him over the course of the film figuring out himself how in a way. to shoot things, how yeah. he's going to shoot things. Yeah, for and sure and stuff like that. And
2: that was that that is pretty interesting to watch, especially to see, you know, when we get to the second one, what it evolves into. Um, something else that doesn't really work for me as much as the second is the the comedy in the first one because a lot of it is it's funny because these guys have good timing and they're mm-hmm. good at improvising and and it is funny to see them bicker at each other but i found with the first one it's uh there's no room to breathe ever Like, they're just constantly fighting with each other, you know, just lying back and forth, back and forth. And I just found myself, at a certain point, to be very overwhelmed by it, and I couldn't really get any jokes that were coming out. Mm. I didn't find myself laughing a lot in the, the first Bad Boys Even though there were things I found funny, it's just it would move on to the next thing so fast that I just wasn't able to. I would say the
3: issue is that in in the writing, like it, this is credited to like four or five writers, of course, (laughs) because it was a (laughs) screenplay that they were like passing around, and the producers wanted to get made, and they had like a you know a a good pairing of casting that they wanted to use, and uh, even Michael Bay on set, like not I wouldn't say necessarily like a god of writing or anything, but he was someone who was like famously. He was like, I don't really understand the scene. Like, and he would basically just have them like y- watching this movie feels like they have the beginning of the scene and they have the end of the scene, like where the characters are going. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and Michael Bay was like, say shit and get your way there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does. <laughs> and like and there's moments where like you just feel like nothing is happening in this film. Like they're yep. struggling to even like come up with what is supposed to be the story right I now. I found
2: myself like it's two hours long. And it just felt like uh, it doesn't need to be that, because like you said, it's just there's a lot of uh, this like detective filler that, quite honestly, it works better in the second one, like pretty much everything, but... The uh, I just didn't find it that compelling. Well, when they it. were like is, figuring is out again, the again we case. know
3: Michael Bay is an action director now. Yeah, yeah. But this was they didn't know that yet. That's, so when they that, made this, right. they, this isn't much of an action movie. Really, like there's a couple Not chase until, like, scenes the in the end it.
2: End of it. Yeah, and
3: um, they clearly saved their money for the last yeah. uh, climactic fight and explosion that they have near the end. Absolutely. So a lot of it is like this weird, uh, like this premise where they're playing each other. Yeah. Which like has a little bit of comedy, but it would have more comedy to it. Like if we kind of knew these characters a little bit better, but we really don't like, it's our first time being introduced to them. They just throw you in and they, the opening scene is just them riffing.
2: Yeah. And they're just talking about how, like, Martin Lawrence doesn't get laid and, you know, and Will does. Yeah, these movies have a very immature sense of humor. We'll say that much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, god. B- b- b-
1: the first one is a it lightly.
3: And in the second one, it crosses over from immature into, like, actively hateful sometimes. But in a way that the tone is still, like, jolly in that yeah, kind of way. Yeah. Which, which, makes which, which again, has another whole other thing we'll have to get into. <laughs> but what's interesting is that, you know, these are just, they're, they're, they're cops and they're boys, yeah. and they're bad. Like that's they came up with the premise, and they were like, "All right, now riff your way through the rest of it." Like yeah. they, they argue about food. They do. I mean, he yells at the one guy like Popeye's chicken loving motherfucker at the one guy <laughs> yeah. because he's like he's a little bigger.
2: I also love the, they're joking every about like diarrhea
3: in the opening like two minutes of yeah. the film.
2: Every single interaction. It's not even necessarily between Will and Martin. Is just yelling like every oh, yeah. single thing. It's just improvised yelling at a very high speed
3: right they're they're doing like boner jokes and your mama jokes it's so
1: like (laughs) odd and like i totally get where it's coming from because uh you you mentioned that like mike it wasn't realized that michael bay was an action filmmaker yet i don't think michael bay knew what kind of filmmaker he was yet because like If, if you go look back at like his commercial work and his music video stuff it's like yeah there's occasional like striking images but you have to like really watch all of them in succession, which I did for the <laughs> Bayhem podcast, by the way. And um, you can see like, oh, there's like the American flag imagery. Like the, there's the birth of that. There's the the birth of like the low uh, angle, like the upward, pan. like yeah. skirt yeah. shot and stuff like that. <laughs> and like it's just like a slow revelation of like, oh, these are the Bay tropes like coming to light for the first time. Yeah. And then with Bad Boys, it's like, you know, everyone was trying to do buddy cop movies in the 90s. And it's like, oh, yeah, Lethal Weapon was great. And it's like, yeah, I agree. But like the first half of that movie is just dudes like talking (laughs) and like dealing with their personal problems. It's not them opening the movie with them at each other's throats, pissing like having a pissing contest for two hours. Like there's a gradual buildup of a relationship. Right. And here,
3: and and, and it, even even in this one, it's established that we're supposed to have all this off-screen history that they've been a partnership. Yeah, because they long talk time. about
2: it all the time.
1: Yeah,
3: but you don't see anything. No, we're just kind of dropped into it, and there's no actual arc for the relationship. It's just we bicker at each other, we give each other shit, but actually, but at the, the end of
2: the day, we we're love partners. each other, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's the big thing, which is so funny because I actually read that on set. Uh, Michael Bay couldn't get Will Smith to do the "I love you, man" bit at the end of the film, which is like so pivotal to the film. Really? Yeah will smith was just like i just <laughs> don't want to shit. do it i don't know if he was like it's not manly bro i don't yeah, want to do that i'm sure that's what it was um but eventually i
2: think this was like his whole thing I, I think i've heard about this in an interview or something where this movie was supposed to be him breaking out of that like sitcom i'm a funny guy thing right. and trying to be a total. Supposedly he badass. thought that, that was like funny yeah or something. so i assume he's just like i can't say i love you to a man that'll just break the whole thing you know
1: <laughs> so that's well, then, that's pretty that? funny what was that one movie he did in the 90s? I've never seen it, but I know he, he kisses another man in that and then he refused to do it for the scene. So they had to like get like really odd coverage and like <laughs> add a sound effect in post.
2: Oh, my God. Come on. So, yeah. so I guess that's a Will thing. I'm, I'm gonna Yeah.
1: And I mean, he, he's gone on record saying like, I wish I made that commitment when I was younger. But mm, like, yeah. so he kind of regrets it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't mean anything beyond that, but he was trying I just to, think that's funny.
2: He was trying to For be sure. a bit, a bit macho. Um, yeah. I think that's probably what it was. That's funny. But that is, it's pivotal to the whole thing. Right. That's, that's like, like, whole. Like, like,
3: like if you don't have that ending where they go so over the top and they do so much destruction, but then they go, but it's about us, bro. Yeah. And like we care about each other. That's why we're going to these extremes I mean, in the first place. It's funny too because
2: they even write it so that Will still has that kind of safety net of "I'm still a man" because even Martin goes like, "Oh, you're saying I love you" or whatever, and then Will comes back with like, "Yeah, yeah, shut up," you know, that whole thing. So it's not like he had like a real, genuine, uh, <laughs> sensitive moment that he had to do. He but he still tosses it out the window. It's interesting. Yep.
3: Um, but what you see during all of that, which again is it's it's a lot of. Martin Lawrence and a lot of Will Smith just like bickering back and forth. I will and then, say and then I think the through, captain is great. And then they start playing each other to solve a case of their, oh, yeah. the drug, the evidence room has been rated for drugs that they are selling I guess but we don't actually get a whole lot of view of the drug dealing aspect that's mostly saved for the second one yeah yeah. um (laughs) so really again it's just a lot of them doing good cop work but they're loose cannons but they get results kind of stuff you know like that's really all it is (laughs) and throughout you get the birth of Michael Bay, is sort of like nonsensically dynamic like shooting style, Hmm. which is just like he doesn't put much thought into the the reason or the meaning behind. Show a gun shoot,
2: show an explosion somewhere on the screen. (laughs) Right, but even (laughs) even just the choice of shots where
3: he has like these lateral dollies and these like extreme angles and the saturation and the slow-mo. And obviously this would, you know, he would freak he would go on to hone this style into like genuinely what has just become a way that people process movies. I mean like even if people he's frequently critically reviled, like his movies make money every oh, time they every come time, out. Yeah. Like a large a amounts header. of the public box office between, you know, starting in 2000 all the way until like, I mean, what? He only had to go to Netflix recently until yeah. like the mid-2010s. I feel like Bay, He did 15 years of pop filmmaking and yeah. action blockbuster filmmaking is defined by the Michael Bay style was, in a lot of ways. Say, <laughs> he's
2: become like his own franchise, like Marvel. Like I th- I feel like people see Bay and they just know exactly what to expect. So regardless of the fact that there's not a lot of depth to it a lot of the time, you just you know what you're paying for and so it's and they're easy to watch i mean they are fun they're ridiculous yeah. and, and i'm
3: assuming both of you have probably seen a uh, long time ago now again early film twitter days but when that youtube channel is around every frame of painting he did that Bayham episode of oh, okay. the show oh, yeah, about yeah. Diego. and i thought it was a really good introduction to anyone who doesn't really know exactly what because a lot of people when they talk about bay they talk about him in this sense mm-hmm. of like oh he's kind of like an artless crude guy who just kind of puts the camera down but there's actually a lot of complexity that goes into what he does and yes it might not have much value in terms of you know what he's thinking these images mean the ideas he's trying to communicate right but like the actual style itself actually is expensive and complicated and takes a lot of people to actually put it together for sure and it involves you know using these extreme telephoto lenses and you know busying the frame with a lot of foreground information and background information and creating like this really big sense of like dynamic shots and and just a sense of epicness almost yeah and that and it's just funny is that he'll aim to capture that beautiful shots combined with like these edits that like really really accentuate those shots and he'll just do that style no matter the content of the film (laughs) basically (laughs) even if it's supposed to be a subtle scene which is why i find the first bad Boys like exhausting in a way that maybe i find more negative because again he's he's starting to develop the style he and there are a couple moments i mean this does have the big 360 lateral dolly shot low angle slow-mo spinning yeah like that's become like the michael bay hero shot kind of deal this has that in there and you're watching and you're like there's bay yeah there's the bay and and, and it's a moment where it works but when he applies it to just two guys pointlessly riffing you're kind of like why am Dude, I? This watching This is really this? stylized
1: <laughs> improvisation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like, he knows how to make people like engaged. It might be like yeah. bullshit they're engaging with, but he's he knows how to draw you in. Like exactly. Like th- yeah. my my big whole thing with Bay is that he's probably spouting a lot of bullshit a lot of the time, yeah. but I love it a lot of the time too. <laughs> yeah. Like he's totally the Aaron Sorkin of like <laughs> directing. I think <laughs> that that's my that's my take. A controversial take of the day.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's
3: it's a lot of fast moving parts. Again, he he takes a little bit from Tony Scott, who you know had yeah. the a lot of that sort of like hyper masculine. Um, that lot of uh, frequently Tony Scott could get into the realm of like operatic. Like sometimes he could get into like these really emotional sequencing. Like Top Gun has a lot of heightened passion to it yeah. that Michael Bay likes to replicate and kind of steal from him. But again, Tony Scott always did that in tune with his character and you can feel <laughs> Michael Bay wrestling with the fact that they didn't really write much for their characters here <laughs> yeah. other than that. These guys riff and they're funny at riffing, but again, it doesn't take it to much places. But then he combines that with the excess of like John Woo. Cause this is around the, the time that
2: right. so you give will smith two guns yes you know
3: you have him dive in slow-mo I, I mean this is when the john woo the hong kong action movie influence started to hit american audiences right. i mean john woo started making american action films in the mid 90s right so like this is when this happened so it's funny that bay got big around the exact same time that this was a popular movement what americans were trying to replicate
2: yeah because um, like you even have uh, one of my favorite the smoke sequences. the slow-mo the lighting yeah. the over- one of my favorite sequences was when it shows uh uh, will smith is running towards something I, he's trying to save somebody i think he's chasing
3: and, an suv right
2: right and and every time that uh he shoots will it's in slow motion but then it goes back to fast motion and then back to will when he's in slow motion it almost reminded me of like that ferris bueller scene at the end <laughs> when he's going back and forth running through the the backyards yeah but <laughs> that, that but that kind of uh that kind of thing was was interesting. Those were the scenes that I was really engaging with mm. with the first Bad Boys. Was every time there was action, you could tell that that's what he had his passion behind, you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, I
1: just I love that. This. Well, he, he also loves
3: slow-mo. filming them in like their their tight tank tops with the leather gun straps on. Yeah. And talking about we got to get this case done, bro. <laughs> yeah. But then all of a sudden they go to do the case, and they're supposed to be like these great cops. And then
2: they come across a dead body, and he's like,
3: "Man, smells like farts in here, man!" And he's
0: like, and "They're like,"
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Martin Lawrence has this thing about like dead bodies. Yet he, every scene in the in in the action scenes, he's just shooting up like, "No tomorrow." Yeah, he, he
3: has a line that sounded like it was improvised, where he was like, "Dead bodies, dead ends." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you know what? They fucking sell it. I don't know what it is. No, like, they're so fun to watch. For all of they Bay's, are like combo. legitimate criticisms, like I think this goes for all of his films. Like even the genuinely like hard to watch <laughs> films, like some of the later Transformers. Yeah, I I don't think the actors are like wrong for for Bay's material. They might be wrong for like the film, but you know what I mean. Like with Bay at the helm, they're operating like on his level all the time. Yeah. Like, very rarely do you see an actor in that in a Bay film and you're like, what are they doing here? Like, they're not playing to the strengths. <laughs> no, everyone's just yelling and pissing and cursing. And yeah, that's true. They're, they're all there, you know? That is the strengths. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> like, basically do anything and
2: get away with it. That or Bay sets them to the side and just gives the same motivation to every single actor. <laughs> 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 it's like,
3: yeah, and, and I mean, I don't even... I, Honestly, I watched this the other day. I don't even remember the basic story of this that much. Oh, I I just know that Leone's in
1: it. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) And I remember that
3: she's a a witness to the drug deal sort of gone wrong where, like, one of the guys who stole the drugs from the evidence room is just, like, snorting it out of the evidence bag or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and they, they see, like, a murder go down and then the witness will only talk to Mike Lowry, which yeah, they say like because they're fifty million times this movie, it's so funny every <laughs> single time. Mike Lowry, Lowry. <laughs> but um, at the at that moment in time, Will Smith is getting like uh, he's investigating something else, so he's not available. So Martin Lawrence has to like do the sexy talk and pretend to be the Will Smith ladies man talking to the witness.
2: Yeah, and I then, do like the scene where the captain's like, "Speak sexy. You're not talking sexy enough. Yeah, you don't sound sexy <laughs> enough, man." <laughs> Um, he's got big Bill Burr energy, by the way. The oh, captain, yeah. no, he's yeah, he's Bill great. And I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, shout
1: out to Joey Pants. Yes, that, Joey Pants. He's great. Pentoliano, I think. Pentoliano. yeah. Yes. I said pants I say, just to cover my own ass. You, yeah. you went for the name. I, I went for it. I always. <laughs> try. I think even in the first one,
2: he's probably the best part to the comedy. Anyway,
3: see, I always think of him as um, uh, Cipher in The Matrix. Right? That's what he is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I completely
2: yeah. forgot about that, actually. So yeah, he's
3: a lot of fun as the captain who just uh, kind of yells a lot. I mean, he, he gets a lot of those really cheesy, cliche lines where he's yeah. just like, the captain is up my ass about this. <laughs> yeah, but he delivers You guys it. are destroying
2: property. <laughs> I love his constant high-pitched voice that he's just, he seems like he's about to pop at in every scene. <laughs> and I love it. I, his performance is fantastic. No, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch for sure.
3: But then the weird thing happens where he goes to the witness and Martin Lawrence is playing Will Smith and he takes over Will Smith's apartment and he's got to play being Will Smith to make the witness comfortable so that they can right. take down the drug dealers. Yeah. But then when Will Smith comes back, they don't just like be like, sorry, girl, we lied to you. Here's him. Here's his cop badge. Here's his real identity. This is obviously him. Instead, they just continue. <laughs> the bit (laughs) so the rest of the movie is just a bit where martin lawrence is like being like i'm a family man but i gotta pretend to be the ladies man wooing the witness but also my i gotta tell my wife i'm on like a on like a a
2: work trip and what's interesting is this the movie itself seems to focus way more on that whole thing than the actual like drug plot and all that like i remember more myself just the times that they were, you know, lying to the wife or lying to Julia or Julia, Right, and,
3: and it, it just becomes, like, a bit of an improv farce. Yeah, Of, yeah. like, here's these guys pretending, like, trying to pass this, like, obviously false lie Yeah, the uh, I did like the, the gag witness. where
2: he has pictures of himself that will and then so martin has to explain that's my partner (laughs) a picture for every time you save my life it's so good that's that's i also really like
3: because i mean also they're funny actors so some of it does work i really like the bit where he takes her to the apartment and he can't find the light switches and he's just he's like falling over on shit he's like why am i tripping on shit this is my apartment this is my place this is mike lowry's
2: place Yeah. (laughs) yeah there's some good scenes that actually do sell that but they, I just can't believe how hard they focus on it. It really was, like, a, a, a lot of the film. Well, honestly, I feel like that was
3: Michael Bay extending those scenes, like, yeah. trying to make a movie out of this. Like maybe he was, maybe
2: like, he was hoping that more character would come out of it, you know, yeah. since he didn't, like, set up character at the beginning at all. He just kind of threw, threw us into it. <laughs> so I thought maybe, yeah. maybe he's thinking, like, this will flesh them out a bit more or something.
1: <laughs> well, that's Michael Bay's thing. He's like, movies but more. Like, here's this one <laughs> thing people tend to like. I'm going to do more of it yeah,
2: yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I would just
3: say, unfortunately, Michael Bay, n- maybe not necessarily a great director of comedy. Like maybe it's a great idea yeah. that he didn't be- get a career in studio comedy For sure. where like he directed Will oh, Ferrell oh, yeah. movies or something.
2: Because um, he tried to do that a little bit with like Pain and Gain, right? Y- a a little, little more anyway. It's it, like, it's that's his, that's his movie, yeah, right? yeah. Pain and Gain. Yep. Because he, that one's a little more lighthearted, even though it probably should. Well, no, be that one's also context. pretty repulsive with the oh, yeah. with them
3: doing the, the heist murder shit and stuff that they do in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That one's definitely closer to his bad boys two realm, but definitely yeah, yeah. not like six underground, which is like
2: that's true. There's there's more the, It's more action comedy. heavy. Like yeah.
3: Pain and Gain is 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 again trying to be a little bit more character based in that way. And again, sure. Michael Bay just not the best director of character. I feel like, <laughs> but. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a weird bit of development where Will Smith is rich and doesn't need the money. Yeah, he's like a, a trust fund baby or something. Yeah, and so he's. I'm so glad you brought it this from up Uncle Phil this is
1: very important <laughs> yeah, for he, Bad Boys too.
3: He, he's just yeah. he's just a cop because he just he likes doing action he likes doing violence and shit well, that's, like, that's I think the idea. even
2: I think Julie is the one that's just like so why do you do this are yeah. you just <laughs> like some like you, you just love the high thrills or what the hell <laughs> which is interesting that a character actually does question him based on that. They don't dive any deeper, but well, no,
3: because Michael Bay is the same kind of person, right? Like it's like,
2: he's like, of course he does
3: this. Michael Bay really only comes alive during the action, which is why bad boys Two, which is just pedal to the metal action. Almost start to like front to back is, uh, like maybe more truthful and indicative of him. Um, but I do think that around the time that we pivot kind of like into the third act of this film, when they start kind of climaxing the drug dealer plot with the witness and with the detective and this like weird farcical, like uh couple's comedy, yeah. <laughs> like <of> the things <laughs> they're doing that he does get to start experimenting with the action like when they go into the club and they do like the club fight in there and there's a part where um Martin Lawrence I think goes to the urinal and I was sitting here watching this and I was like only Michael Bay would film this this way it's a high angle shot of like this neon lit club and the detail of the scene is that you can see into the urinal and like the shit on the floor <laughs> and, and like this is like the only detail that like this is, this is what Michael Bay cares about when he's thinking about his frame. Yeah, he's just like, OK, so you're going to this urinal and you're going to fight this guy. So I'm going to film it. I'm going to come down from the top. because That's a dynamic angle in which to view your two bodies. But also we need to spice this frame up. We got to put some shit on the floor. We yeah. got to put some piss in that urinal. We got to put some gunk oh, on that wall. Oh, so gross! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this it's is, like this is this is Michael Bay. This is where he piss. lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like
2: he made it the grossest pee.
3: <laughs> that's this is just and has his, a guy's face. This is just into his it. humor. And then I think at one point he shoves his face yep. into it. Right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like that's the, the one that stuck with me. Me too. <laughs> me too. Just the
3: grotesquerie of it and the way that it it's somehow meant to mirror their riffing on friendship. Like this is supposed to be their sense of humor at the same time. Like this is how they, this is the personality and the friendship that he's developing is that Martin Lawrence shoves a dude's face into piss. Yeah. And I feel like that's just, like, an accurate allegory for, like, Michael Bay in general. <laughs> I would just like to, like, screen cap it and put, like, Michael Bay over Martin Lawrence's body and, like, me over top of the guy's yeah. body whose face <laughs> is
1: being shoved <jumped> in. <laughs> this is what he's doing to us. <laughs> um, well, well, the duology of, of Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 is ultimately about will smith making martin lawrence a worse version of himself yeah that's true that's what they're about you know like like they're literally switching positions in the first bad boys and bad boys too he's like teasing him the entire time like why don't you kill more people and shit like, <laughs> yeah. why at don't you, you drive
2: more recklessly yeah yeah,
1: yeah exactly. and, and this is just like the you know the beginnings of that him yeah. having to like
2: that's interesting. deal with I, like I, a dude
1: I, fighting in a bathroom while he's getting like strip teas <laughs> on the other side of the glass. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I think this is actually like an
1: important,
3: like this might be the theme of these two films is yeah. literally a corrupting force is that Will Smith, you know, in a way he's fun, he's likable, but at the same time, he is actually corrupting. Martin he's Lawrence's characters, yeah. And we're on a, on a ride of grotesquery. You go do on.
2: get this idea that Martin would just want to be at a fucking office desk just like going home to his wife and yeah. and there it is <laughs> and then just as will pushes him he just goes further and further down the rabbit hole to the point where he becomes the sports car driver and and shoots the bad guy <laughs> it doesn't get don't uh, correct me if i'm wrong doesn't he do this twice he does it in both films where he's the one that ends up killing the final guy
3: no martin lawrence does it mm. in the second one Oh, Will does it Will in the, right, right, Will does it in this one, one, which is right. a great moment, though, actually, yeah. right near the end, because other than these well, two because they almost plot- try
2: to have a character moment with Will where he's like, he's not going to shoot him, you know, <laughs> like he's going to be restrained and not do it. And then, of course, the movie's like, well, we have to have the guy bring out a gun so that Will can shoot him in yes. the face. <laughs> yeah well
3: that's that's what's so funny i think that defines michael bay more than more than anything because there's a couple set pieces in here that like kind of work like they have that freeway chase where they like blow up the, the the one car and they talk about how they like blow they blew up the only lead that they had on the yeah. case yeah, yeah. they're like great <laughs> they like, do that like so by bad much boys too. they mean they're actually kind of bad at their jobs yeah <laughs> for Just like to they're bad at their shit. jobs
1: and they're bad people yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um But, yeah, when they get to around the time that you have Will Smith, shirtless, chasing down an SUV in slow motion, (laughs) like, jumping on top of cars, running through, like, a model shoot, all sweaty in slow-mo. He's diving and rolling. There's, like, spinning dollies on the telephoto lens as the car gets away. Um, And you can sense in that moment, like, Michael Bay was, like, actually, like, born right there. Um, (laughs) And it leads to a climax at an airport where they just blow more shit up. Yeah. <laughs> That's their solution to everything is to just blow shit up. There's Im- but and at least- been,
2: the movie's mostly
3: been saving it for this too. Yeah, seems. because you can tell they saved all the their money one, for especially. this. And Michael Bay really gets into those images, like the images of... The money on fire as it explodes like out of the plane, yeah. the bodies like flying around. I was reminded a little bit of Hardboiled in that one scene in the in the ware in the one scene in the warehouse where the bodies are flying everywhere. And mm-hmm. at the end of that, you can see like there's bodies like hanging in the rafters and shit that Johnny oh, yeah. put there uh, because and you don't even like see them ever land there. You just know that that was the consequences of that. This is where Michael Bay gets into that zone where he gets into the plane exploding and launching dudes everywhere. Meanwhile,
1: they're shouting like
3: you forgot your boarding pass bro
1: But I just want to say that's a great line is is it built up at all is it like super like memorable no but I like it (laughs) (laughs) damn right but that's when
3: they drive the car on the runway and they replicate that shot there's multiple shots in the film that set this shot up but it's like there's a shot of them driving the car and they're coming towards the camera and they're in other shots there's like a plane in the background and a boat in the background always like moving in the back of the frames just again create bring life to the image and then in this one it's the big explosion in the background as they like peel out in the little tiny like red car that they're in and so you can tell they saved their budget for this sequence but then you get like will smith like framed against a the sun and like the (laughs) camera spinning over the bad guy's head as they like surround him. And then the shots of like 60 cop cars and like four helicopters, like framed against the sunset. Like it's like apocalypse now or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, and the thing is, is the plot it doesn't feel that big. Like the villain isn't like this really big epic villain that we've like, we're finally getting this cathartic relief. It's just weird. Like the story isn't quite there,
2: but the images
3: are there. (laughs) And it's it's, it's this weird disconnect where like Michael Bay has actually really directed the shit out of this finale. And especially when like Martin Lawrence like stops him and he's like, no, don't kill him. Don't do it, man. We're good cops. We're good (laughs) boys, man. (laughs) We're good boys. And then you get this like really extreme close up of like, the light hitting the guy, him pulling his gun out in slow motion. Yeah, doesn't
1: he see it in like the reflection of his sunglasses something, or something like that? Like that? <laughs> like, yeah. There's like a glint of light and stuff like that. Like it's, it's the, the best part of the movie. It's like really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it like turns nothing. around
3: <laughs> and fucking blows him away like 10 shots in the chest. Oh yeah. That's the thing. The <laughs> like,
2: that was my favorite part was that he wasn't just like headshot or chest head, whatever. He like unloads the whole clip
1: <laughs> into the guy. <laughs> yeah.
2: He was definitely waiting for that moment. <laughs>
1: 100 that's the beauty of Mike Lowry like everyone makes fun of like Optimus Prime in the Transformers movies because he too is a bloodthirsty psychopath yeah (laughs) you know he's like an invader from outer space like you get that like that makes sense I buy that Mike Lowry's like a trust fund baby who's a cop because he likes to kill people yeah you know What a character. Like, that's horrifying. (laughs)
2: That's unreal.
3: By the way, since you mentioned Optimus Prime, I got to say my favorite Transformers movie is that – I think it's the third one, Dark of the Moon. The one where – Isn't that, like,
2: the least favorite, too, of most people? Yeah, but
3: that's the one – That has the most. It was the one where he first developed the idea of that all the transformers were going to be filled with red fuel, so that when you dismember them, they like bleed out, like fucking like uh, like an anime or something. And that's also the one that ends with I kid you not, Optimus Prime heroically executing an unarmed villain where the guy oh, goes right. optimus no he's begging for mercy and optimus <laughs> <laughs> shoots him and it's and it's, it is a shot where like in a r-rated Fuck michael yeah. bay movie the splatter from the bullet would like right. hit the camera like but that's the, it's angle the red
2: oil and it's like pops out of his
3: head and then optimus prime looks up at the stars and goes we we made it through another day
2: <laughs> <laughs> i am optimus Prime.
1: Oh, it's terrific! Yeah, that's that's the that's the best one. I gotta rewatch that shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's that, hilarious! And,
2: yeah, and
3: that's also one that has the big Chicago set piece where they the actually the, got locations for it. And is is it that just, the it's one with
1: the, uh,
2: the dinosaurs? Or no, that I, I think that's the that's no. fourth one. I think
1: that's the fourth one. <laughs> they yeah. go dinosaurs. That's, that's the fourth, fourth one. one. Gotcha. <laughs> but they, still, they bring him in the last five minutes. It's that one's genuinely rough. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that is.
3: But again, this is the beginning of that. Is Will Smith? <laughs> this this really <laughs> awesome sitcom tv actor yeah turning around and just massacring a dude in the chest one after the other and then being like turning to his buddy and being like you know what man i fucking love you we bonded over this yeah there's this- a dead body in between <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in in that scene is the birth of Michael Bay.
2: Yeah, 100%. That's where he figured himself out. Yes. In those final 15 minutes.
3: Now, I wish it didn't take one hour and 30 30 minutes minutes. to get there. Yeah. So maybe pivoting towards the reductive rating round, which for you, Diego, I know you've listened to the show before, but (laughs) this is where we remove all the words, all the nuance... We reduced the movie between a number between like one and five, but it's also turned into like final statements and yeah. or anything uh, you forgot any to scene or line mm-hmm. we didn't get to that you wanted to bring up before we move on. This is the place to do it. But honestly, I feel bad and I, I will say it's going to get the high two for me, but it is yeah. in the two realm because I've watched it a couple times and every time I watch it, it really is hard to get through that first hour and a half I, for me. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not the fault of Will Smith. It's not the fault of Lawrence. It's not even really the fault of Bay. It really just feels like they did not develop a very interesting screenplay, and yes, they relied and then, and on they relied on this young, visually interesting talent yep. and these two funny actors to carry an entire movie. And the thing and is, they is, do like, their best, they do, and, and, that's, and that's what's getting it to the two. Right, that's
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. And it's a very for me, it's a very high two. Like I'm, yeah, I'm almost for me too. For me, it used to be a three, honestly, but.
3: I just it's close each time for me yeah. but I just I really do feel like in terms of character in terms of like actual enjoyment it takes yeah. a really long time for this to get going for me even if you know there's an a, occasional like riff or line that do work for me like is like this, the Skittles the, line yeah is this great. is the one that has the <laughs> freeze bitch and he's like you freeze bitch and then he's like and give me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious
2: and some Skittles. <laughs> right.
3: And yeah, that is, great. they've said that 100% they've confirmed that that was totally improvised. Just like...
2: Really? Yep. That's a not, not even
3: in the screenplay. Like, again, it's probably a lot my of the comedy of the is movie. not even in the screenplay. So I just think it's like a really bad screenplay. Yeah, I don't really and they know. just
2: fleshed it out as much again, as they could. Again, it's
3: everybody cop... Uh, trope that you've seen in a movie before and that we've seen, you know, written by people like Shane Black who have like a really cutting sense of humor and also develop their characters in ways that is like sometimes emotionally clear. This just has really honestly, it's gotten of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really feels like they were like, OK, we got a drug dealer. We got uh, a, a farcical mix up identity drama situation happening here. Now riff your way through it. Yeah, and, and then we'll have
2: some some decent
3: action. And we'll and have here. some action near the end once yeah. you guys, you know, do do the meat and
2: potatoes and you get through the riffing. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe like how close it is to the three for me. Yeah. It really is. It's like I almost feel like at one point if I watched it in a in another mood, I could get there. It's just I, I feel like it's because we can see the Better
3: Bay movies coming down the line.
2: Yeah, and, <laughs> and also after watching, you know, Bad Boys Two, which we're about to talk about, it's just so like it's it solidified to me that that one has everything that I wanted the first one to be, really. Mm. So, um, yeah, for now I'm going to give it a high two. But, uh, but yeah,
1: for you, Diego, I'll give it, I'll give it the three. This is going to be a weird comparison, and I want everyone to just take a step back. Don't let me, <laughs> let me finish. No one, no one. <laughs> let me finish. Me let me finish. <laughs> this. Okay, this is. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like my reaction to the original Star Wars, and you hope. Hold on, um, <laughs> where it's like this is the birth of something that is, is going to be a part of like pop culture and media forever at this point. Like it, yeah. it has made it stamp. It's not perfect. It's a little rough around the edges. It's kind of a miracle that it's even watchable. <laughs> if you look at like the production of it, yeah, um, it loses it, its own plot quite a bit, but like you can see the birth of something exciting here. Now here's the part where I say, obviously the first Star Wars is like, you know, fucking leagues ahead <laughs> of the original bad. Like no shit. That's one of the best movies ever made. But the same feeling is just more minuscule here. I'm seeing the birth of Bay, and that's too exciting for me to, like, ever give less than, like, a, a, a solid three. Yeah, um, no, I, I totally agree Even, even in, like, the era of the 90s, even knowing that Bay has, like, some genuine, like, uh, master strokes in, in his uh, future ahead, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I I feel comfortable with the solid three.
2: Yeah, I totally get that reasoning, too. Like, it almost makes me want to three it. Because it is interesting to see... Like the birth of someone so, uh, so well known as, as Michael yeah, and, Bay with such a like reputation. love him or hate him, like influential.
3: Oh, hundred percent. He defined yeah. a lot of the look. I mean, you can also say that, I mean, obviously he's pulling a lot of his inspirations from other action filmmakers as well. So For yeah, sure. we can't give it all to Ben, mm-hmm. but like.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. But, like but Tony like, Scott or something. Yeah. He
3: definitely made it blockbuster popular. Like Tony Scott, as popular of a filmmaker as he was. I don't, I can't imagine a world where Tony Scott directed Transformers movies and made billions right. of dollars. No, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, by the time he hit the mid-2000s, he was doing movies, I think, that are way better, like Deja Vu yeah. and even, like, yeah. uh, Man on Fire mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, he was developing no, his great. style in a really interesting way and, I think, more meaningful and more, more artistic, but... You know, there, there is something to be said about how Bay took those inspirations and made them literally the biggest thing on the planet for basically a decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's still overseas. Those are still really popular films. I mean, the, even the, the Transformers movies still are having trouble not breaking a billion dollars. Um, despite the fact that really nobody seems to like them that much, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> this style is just incredibly watchable for people, and it is a pretty intoxicating blend of you know what Tony Scott was doing, um, a lot of the buddy cop crime stuff that came up about in the '80s, a little bit of John Woo, and eventually he would even take some uh, some Man inspirations, which we will see in especially in Bad Boys Two, which he yeah. just he straight up does some Miami Vice shit in that one. Yeah, so, and again, <laughs> Woo pulled a little bit from Man too, so it's just like every a lot of these directors are in conversation with each other
2: mm-hmm.
3: so it definitely is worth seeing the oh, yeah. uh, the the origins of bayham
2: yeah a hundred percent
3: but that being said i think that will wrap it up for bad boys and we are going to be right back and we're going to be talking about the big one bad boys too
2: what you gonna do yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Police! Stop! Pull up! Stop the uh, Your badge! man, he got a gun, shoot him! Now show him your badge! Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? It's next to five, it's next to my nose,
1: hey dude, you gotta learn the words. We usually only do the chorus.
3: All right, we are back and we are talking Bad Boys 2, the 2003 American action comedy film. <laughs> comedic, yes, very bleakly comedic, yeah. I would say, even more so. <laughs> film directed by Michael Bay, once again produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith as Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, the escapades these trash talking, <laughs> loose cannon cops get into, you know, the shenanigans <laughs> of these two Miami Narcotics Task Force guys who, in this film, are once again taking on the drugs in Miami. So very Miami Vice this time around, I would say. Oh yeah, uh, it's got a little bit of the undercover work. It's got a little bit of the speedboats in the Miami waters. It's got the drug kingpins sipping martinis I
2: love with the that he, ladies. He ends up though switching the kind of moody thing that we see a lot, where with he just goes straight techno with it at the very <laughs> beginning. Like this is like. I just like that it's kind of an artificial sound as well, you know, something made. Yeah, because
3: the the opening credits is them making the ecstasy, right? Right. Yeah. And immediately putting those ecstasies into corpses inside of coffins. So it opens on dead bodies stuffed with ecstasy, neon (laughs) colors. Again, the extreme color grading and oversaturation, the angles, the slow mode, the grotesque textures of like rotting skin and plastic product, all of this stuff. That Michael Bay vaguely established in bad boys is here but having now filmed I want to say this would have been his fifth or sixth film I think in between this correct me if I'm wrong here he did the rock he did Armageddon and then I think he also did Pearl Harbor and then right. he did this I think so by now between the rock and Armageddon and Pearl Harbor he has really established his style, and especially with Pearl Harbor, <laughs> uh, we will say that <laughs> Not a the very most sensitive portrayal, sp- <laughs> a very specific brand of patriotism, has made its way into Michael Bay. But I would say it's that it's that kind of like that kind of like papist patriotism, if that makes sense. It's that kind of like Americans, we get the job done, but he doesn't flinch away from like all the destruction (laughs) and the grotesquery of it. Like this is like an odyssey of a film. I mean, we are talking about a film literally that opens with ecstasy inside coffins all the way to kind of like this very spooky foreigner drug dealer. I guess he's
2: Cuban who. Uh, and he always looks like he's just unhinged, like uh, completely just shot a line, you know, yeah. like he <laughs> always looks like he's wired. It's I love his performance in this. Right. And it's also worth mentioning, too, that this
3: is ver- a film very much activated by like a a post 9-11 yeah. uh, kind of anxiety. I mean, this is the beginning of the war on terror. There's a lot of like rage and, 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 and xenophobia happening here. And on top of that, the film opens. <laughs> Even, with the fucking the clan yes will smith <laughs> and martin lawrence undercover as clansmen
2: yeah
3: and again just again like we're talking about real world things we're talking about white supremacy here we're talking about war on terror stuff like michael bay has been politicized by i think making the pearl harbor film and a little bit of armageddon which was had a little bit of like the americans got to get there and solve yeah. the problem and like so he he's had a, he's and i mean obviously making those films too He has a close relationship with military institutions and stuff like he works a lot with like real Navy SEALs. He works a lot of the time. So he I mean, a lot of the time they've called him a bit of a propagandist because he just works so closely with them. Like they are like, we'll give you all this really cool stuff if you make sure the depictions are good. Are Good. Yeah. But what's funny is that he almost what people thought was good in like the mid two thousands in the George Bush era Just, was really extreme, is what we'll say. Yeah, and funneling <laughs> that through like his commercial and music video like aesthetic that he has, this really plastic product, as well as the action excess and poetry of John Woo, doing all of that Just at the same time, and then also introducing <laughs> like real world political aspects that he's doing to such a heightened degree that they're cartoony, yeah. but still repulsive is absolutely insane in this movie and when that shot of Will Smith throwing off the clan's robe he's dual wielding the pistols and it's a low angle slow-mo shot of the clan's robe falling off of this black man yeah framed At a low angle so you can see the giant burning cross (laughs) behind behind him. him, Like he's in a fucking music video or some shit. And I
2: think one of the best parts is all before this, they're chanting white power. And then when he pops it out, he goes, blue power, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) The power of the state.
1: (laughs) Unbelievable. Which given the climate in 2019 where everyone's like, Hey, uh, cops. maybe don't say "Blue <laughs> Lives Matter." Yeah. Uh, having a black police officer say it is even more conflicting in front of the burning cross <laughs> yeah. surrounded by Klansmen. It's right. like, it's so what are you even in- supposed to feel from that? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So this
3: is a, this is once again a thing. Again, Michael Bay, again, not a great communicator of ideas. Or you know, maybe he has some questionable ideas that he is communicating, but. The images are so intoxicating and so insane that someone came up with that. Oh, you yeah. almost just have to respect that he, he – he. <laughs> thought to do that, absolutely. And, and he thought to do it in a way that it actually is kind of beautiful to look at.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I and I think Michael Bay just has that very like simplistic view. It's just oh, cops good, he clan does. bad. Yes. Therefore, <laughs> blue power doesn't necessarily yes. mean like exactly. He's just such a simplistic. He definitely hasn't thought any of that,
3: no, any, any of these images through.
2: Yeah, he's not thinking about he, like systems. And... So he,
3: he's definitely irresponsibly using certain images. But what's so? <laughs> I what love I find <laughs> So I love it too. What I find so interesting about it is that it is, like, how a broad amount of people think about certain issues like that. Not everyone's yeah. well-read on this stuff. Not everyone. No, like no. Like, you watch that, and you're like, this is a hero shot of the guy shooting the clans people who say that he's bad. Of course, right. this is just it, a good thing. It checks thing,
2: right? off these, like, superficial things in your brain where you're exactly. just,
3: like... And the way that he's filmed it, though, I think is what really just sends it over the top. Again, taking these, like, you know, these real-world... Political ideas and these, this like this rage and this grotesquery, and just communicating it, it through like commercials of music videos yeah. and like that kind of visual vocabulary is just so insane to me. And the way that he again also applies it here in what actually I do feel like is an odyssey structure
2: yeah. <laughs> through like the <laughs>
3: Miami Vice world. Uh, like, he's got the speedboats. He's got the undercover cops in the, dr- in the drug game. Just instead of the sensitivity or the spirituality or, like, I mean, man also has a little bit of that, like, existentialism to him. Yeah. He sees it all as a way to developing his, like, broy American kind of, like, attitudes that he has about how we are an exceptional group of people. And, like, he just thoroughly believes in that Americana, like, this, yeah. like, this, this this kind of like image of that and i got to say like watching michael shannon by the way yeah, in an early the, role as the clan guy as the clan guy <laughs> like just like yelling about like what about our rights <laughs> and will smith just being like i'm going to splatter your shit all up and down this swamp or whatever yeah.
1: <laughs> well no he he tells him oh, something about your rights to shut the fuck up and i <laughs> cheered yeah. Sheer <laughs> every time. It's so funny. And they're like rolling
3: around and firing. There's like exploding clan members everywhere. There's like a slow-mo <laughs> bullet,
2: bullet time shot through the
3: moonshine
2: See, and, this and is into where, his neck. Once this started happening, this is where I knew also that like Michael Bay kind of found his thing. There's nothing like that. In the first Bad Boys, you know, oh yeah, like the, and he has plenty of amazing action shots in this movie, uh, and that is just the start of it. Where it's like, as soon as I saw that, I went, okay, he's this is he's found his groove. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just it's so much more interesting. Every bit of this this film, he's just uh, yeah, he's just captured what he wants to do basically. No,
3: and, and and immediately too, they meet up after they take the clan down. They meet up with the other two cops. And the other two cops uh, are two, I think they're Latino cops, and they...
1: (laughs) They're Cuban. Oh, they're they're Cuban? Cuban? Okay. Which which is a plot point that comes back later. It's It's not... Very important. It's not not important. (laughs) But immediately, they're
3: making gay jokes and racist jokes at each other. That's like how they communicate with each other entirely. And... A cutting and again, this is all this is the first like five to ten minutes of the film. So we've gone from the ecstasy in the bodies to the Klansmen to the to the racist and gay jokes that they're making to immediately the camera doing a low-angle upskirt through a crowd of club dancers. Through the club, yeah. Yeah. That moves in a single shot all the way into the shot of the sweaty, like greasy, like the Russian club pimp, Peter yeah. Stormare, by the way, who yeah. we talked about before. Great. A actor. Fucking
1: terrific character actor.
3: Yeah. And he's counting his dollars and then it flips around. The camera flips around and looks down at his money and then zooms into the ecstasy, which has a naked girl imprinted on the ecstasy yep. all in one shot. It's and
2: insane.
3: And I'm like, this guy is like an actual madman. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like it's, it's absolutely incredible to watch. It's a pure expression of the American ID. Like, (laughs) like honestly, especially right after nine 11, it's America reestablishing itself. And I do not think Michael Bay meant to do any of this. I just think he expressed this, you know, everyone's angry about like, Oh, we got to get back at the terrorists. And it's like, Whoa, let's talk about what, what, what there's more to talk about than just, that 9-11 and the war in iraq were obviously a huge disaster and we're still suffering like very real repercussions of that yeah especially at the time of recording this um (laughs) maybe a little stressful to think about so i wanted to go back talking about bad boys too but yeah you know it's america it's america like reaffirming it's like masculinity it's like we're the best and the, the the foreigners are coming into the country and they're causing all the problems The the police are right we're gonna establish that we're gonna kill the bad americans the kkk which is actually you know like yeah okay that's the one yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got we'll that we're spot on <laughs> yeah yeah that's a, that's a good way to open this um but everything is just about like reaffirming how colorful and beautiful the american people are and how wrong and evil everyone else is and how they need to die
3: <laughs> well this movie by bar, bar none i think this might be hold on one second i'm gonna wait for this pass but i was going to say more than more than anything too because you were talking especially about like a lot of the, the 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 death and destruction of this this is the main aspect to this that really flabbergasted me in comparison to the first bad boys yeah because there's a body count on that first bad boys but there is a body count oh, yeah. capital b capital c on Tons. on this one at
2: least 10 times more
3: <laughs> and and it is like the way that he shoots it, like bodies are crunching. They're getting squished. There's like, there's more, I feel like there was more like actual like gore in this one too, by like yeah. a lot.
1: Oh yeah. Holy shit.
3: Yeah. Um, and there's an insane car chase that happens in the first like 20 minutes of this movie. I I realized in the first like half hour that I was like in love with this movie basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because the car chase that they do where Michael Bay basically does, again, there's nothing realistic about this style, but there's something so still cartoony about the way that he frames his action and his ideas in this way. But there's like a literal like blues brothers pile up, but with like expensive sports cars. Yeah. That <laughs> happen in this film where like in the blues Brothers scene, it's all the cops just keep hitting each other and launching off each other. In this one, he does it, but it's meant to be a realistic action scene because he thinks that he, like he grounds it in sort of like, you know, occasionally like real physics and like real weapons and, He's a bit of a like a like a tech fetishist in the way yeah. that he gets like the real military grade weapons and he gets all of this. But <laughs> when they do that sports car pile up of all these bad guys and everyone gets out of their cars and. And just starts firing machine guns into like crowds of people. Yeah, just on the highway. <laughs> and he's <laughs> emphasizing the destruction of all of the uh, uh, the cars and the infrastructure and the material and all of the things that they are basically blowing up. He's basically ripping off the 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 heat shootout.
2: Yeah. Little bit. Where they sure. they
3: do the, the heist, uh, and they have they're like taking the M sixteens at each other. But there's there's lots of shots in that where man is like really emphasizing the destruction yep. and like watching all the glass break, and, watching the and steel piercing. It, but it's also it just too.
2: like isn't this fucking incredible? <laughs> yeah,
3: and, and that's just it is he's he's not doing it with a sensitivity, with a mourning, with a sense that this destruction is bad. Yeah. It is bad. It is objectively bad. We're watching it, and I think on a certain level, you register that like this destruction is a bad thing, but yeah. the tone, and the even, tone is not there for and that. And what's
2: weird <laughs> is that he knows he has to kind of mention it. I mean, I guess he didn't write it, but the, the scene after is the captain like chewing them out for all the destructive thing. He's like, how did you total 46 cars and a boat?
0: Yeah. You
3: know? <laughs> and you and got like, nothing.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. And you got nothing out of it. But just, just more deaths. Uh, and he was like, well, technically we didn't sink the boat. <laughs> right, right. So once again they bring up this the whole thing that we're talking about, but then they just undercut it with another joke and then move on from there. And I I find that funny that he still has like a glimpse of seeing it, but then he's like, No, that's not fun though. This uh, ridiculous well, yeah, he's disregard-
3: always he's also always against the bureaucracy, like the guys who work in the offices. Right. He's like, like that the real men don't work in the offices. Right. Like, you
2: like know? the like the director that comes in to like tell the captain they're off the case and all yeah. that stuff, you know. She's kind of the, painted as the bad guy. Those are
3: always villains in Michael Bay movies. The guys who sit behind office desks and the the pencil pushers of the uh, who yeah. who hold back the real men from getting the dirty the work job done. done. Yeah. yeah, you know that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> That's always an
3: aspect of his movie, and it's so clear because. He just so stylistically fetishizes, like, the action in that way. Like, the POV shots of, like, these cool dudes with muscles, like, firing the rifles into the crowded streets. And, like, the garish, like, overactive shooting style he has. Um, And I I think here, too, like, the colors and the, the... the textures of like the 35 millimeter and stuff like looks really, really awesome. This was one thing I was excited to revisit after six underground because that has such a digital plastic look to it It that I kind of wanted to go back and see Bay like before he could do some of that stuff. And I think there's a little bit of CG explosion accentuation and stuff happening, but he does love to do practical effects and the physical stunts in this are really insane. Like that one guy who falls, From the top of like the parking place that they're at when that car chase starts. Yeah. And he like falls down the staircase or whatever and like smashes on it or
0: whatever.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm like, dude, how did Michael Bay like not kill people? (laughs) How (laughs) close these cameras are to some of these explosions and like when those. God, when the when the cars and the boat even are like on the highway and they're like trying to like swerve out of the way and three cars, I'm pretty sure, drive into that boat and then it explodes on the middle of the highway.
1: And they note that no officers were killed. And I'm like, okay, like, no, (laughs) which is odd because I'm pretty sure that Bay like focuses on at
2: least two cop cars that blatantly blow up.
1: (laughs) If you pay attention, the last cop car to like roll into it. It doesn't crash into anything. It just rolls into it. It's beautiful. (laughs) Uh, But my favorite is actually when um, one of the cars, it's like one of the last cars, starts flipping towards Martin Lawrence and Will Smith's vehicle. And he's like, oh, shit. And Martin Lawrence has his head out the window (laughs) looking up as the car flips over them. And he goes, oh. And I have no idea how they did things like that in this movie yeah, or yeah. why they did it. Like it's not needed.
3: <laughs> well, no, you would think that it would just be so much safer to have his head inside the car. And that that's what as a character he would be trying to do. But instead he's got to have it out yeah. and he's got to be yeah. like,
0: whoa. And it's I, more th- dynamic. I, I also
3: think right after that is where they delivered the thesis dialogue lines of the film, which are, this is some sick shit. <laughs> and then it's like, it's about to get sicker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like we know we're about to deliver a whole much to you a whole much more
1: yeah I Isn't actually it? showed this to a friend recently and they were like my eyes hurt <laughs> <It was laughs> the funniest fucking thing ever
3: yeah because I mean like the the style is like so much movement and so much color and so much like action in the frame as well as the camera itself doing these really extreme movements all the time and the next scene is again Joey Joe Pantaleo, the captain, yelling at them, and he's yelling at them about finesse and subtlety.
1: Yeah. T N T.
2: Well, also, I love that they they made him into this kind of like Buddhist guy, where he's just he's, he's all he has all these incense. And yeah, he's trying. He's like, remember your pressure points. Remember your pressure points. I just like how they took the cliched ca- angry captain and just made it like. Once, like everything that Bay does, just cranks it to 100. Yeah,
3: well, and be, and because he's able to go so extreme on the action, that when, when it comes back down to the comedy, it's it's so much more heightened because of the action that we've been watching. Yeah. Some of the jokes I found actually land a little better, like the one...
2: There's also room to breathe. They're not always doing the bicker thing. It seems like there yeah. were actually, like, some written jokes in this rather than just, like, the improvised stuff that they were doing. Well, yeah,
3: and they're not, they're not posed to be, like, you guys riff at each other yes it's like you guys are actually a team a right. little bit more
2: yeah like they have that scene where they <laughs> it's, it's a horrible scene in a way <laughs> uh where they go to the the stoner variety store guy and just start smashing up his shop ruthlessly <laughs> by the way while dancing <laughs> while yeah. dancing very enthusiastically yeah it's uh yeah.
3: Well, I like liked that, and I also like when they're in the captain's office and they're looking at all of the destruction that they've done. Oh yeah, and, and it's, it's playing it's on the, tape, it's right? on the <laughs> TV <laughs> in the background on the news, and they're like, "You guys, twenty three cars and a boat, <laughs> and a boat <laughs> on the freeway," <laughs> and and he's sitting there trying he's trying to stay calm about it. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Well, you know, it wasn't just us. There was other guy. There was other uh, institutions there too. The DEA was there." It's like, the D- I don't see the DEA on the news. And he's, 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 <laughs> he's pointing back at, like, the footage of, of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, like, exploding shit on the bridge. Yep. And he's just like, well, hold on a second. And they're just watching. They're just waiting, waiting for the cars to go by. And he's like, that one right there, that's DEA. And then it <laughs> smashes into the boat and explodes.
2: So, see, scenes like this are always weird for me because it's like Michael Bay is simultaneously aware Yes. Of the destruction. And then also just like, I guess it's just, I'm aware, but I just don't give a fuck. That's really what it is. Because yes. he's, he's obviously aware of it. There's, there's scenes on scenes. I mean, really the whole premise of their character is that right, that yeah. they're getting the job done. They're just doing it in a destructive well, I way. I think he
3: recognizes that in a organized society, or we'll say in a, in, 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 in a sort of moral lens that destruction of people is pretty bad yeah. and that most people would think, Hey, that's pretty bad. And the writers would probably put lines of dialogue being like, that's not great, right. but he loves it. And the way that it looks so much that he can't help himself and just contradict that all the time, all the time. He yep. can't help it. I, I go back to that story of him being a little child setting shit on fire and and getting in trouble (laughs) and being like, this is amazing. And the result is that he set a fire and they had to call the fire department and (laughs) you got in trouble for it. But he was like, he didn't remember that part. He's like, wasn't that amazing? Didn't that look amazing? (laughs) But it looks great. And that's just (laughs) it is he is now a grown man who treats real world destruction and even certain, politics and stuff like he's looking at it like a child blowing up a train set (laughs) yeah and that's the funnel he's he's never let that go
2: you know what (laughs) my respect is growing for the fan so every scene again it's just a a 10 year old with a dream it has to be
3: directed with so much impact and so much like maximalism to it with no sense or reason or character for why it has to be like that he just needs it to feel big and wild and it's it is frequently really beautiful but it's also nonsense and i say it affectionately yes. it's like some of the most this movie overall is some of the most beautiful nonsense i've ever fucking seen
2: yeah 100% um, just straight up and and it's endless like this one he really went uh, like with the first one it seems like he's 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 uh, setting you up for the big action sequence this one is non-stop oh, every yeah. 20 minutes i think another set piece starts and it's just uh yeah it never lets up even some of the downtime is just as insane. Like I think about (laughs) that scene where they pose as
3: the, the, uh, the rat poison guys and they (laughs) go into the mansion and, and I I love that the, the bad guy is going into his giant pile of money and he's just firing shots at the rats on his money. And you can just see the monies exploding. Yeah. Which is
2: hilarious that it's like, he's, he's shooting at them because they're eating his money and then he's destroying his money <laughs> with the bullets <laughs> to kill the rats. Yeah, and, and it's
1: hit, so his weird. Like that would be such a fun villain character trait if it was like this was like a real quality feature film and not yeah maximum Michael Bay. You know, like imagine like oh the villain has so much money he's trying to save it by shooting at the things that are eating it. Like that's <laughs> yeah, a funny quirk. That is. But yeah. the whole movie operates in that same mentality of like, why is this happening? I don't know, but we we'll keep, we keep adding stuff on top of it. Yeah. Well, we even, moving.
3: Even, <laughs> even the guy says, this is a really stupid fucking problem to have, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I think even says like that exact line, but <laughs> there's also a bit, so they, they go into that, the dude's house posing as the guys who are going to, the exterminators for the rats. But what they find is that they go into the bathtub where a guy has been dismembered and murdered. Yeah. Um,
2: Which happens to actually be the club
3: owner's partner. Yes. And they've stuffed his body parts into a barrel, which they are going to take into the room as a sign of you're going to work as as a negotiating tactic, we'll say. And meanwhile, Martin Lawrence is in the fucking basement. And I forget what they're... I think they're just planting wires, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. This is like...
3: So they're just sitting there trying to, like, catch this guy saying something incriminating. And there's this baffling scene that happens in here that blew my fucking mind. Where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they're talking... They're cracking jokes. They're trying to pretend that they're rat exterminators, so they're cracking jokes about like on the job shit about how like, yeah, you know, you don't want these rats multiplying. Rats be fucking and shit, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Morton Lawrence goes into the basement where he sees two rats actually having sex. And the one is they're doing it in the missionary position. yeah And he's like, these rats the one rat's
2: pile driving
3: the other yeah. <laughs> These rats like fuck like us. They
0: suck like <laughs> us.
2: Which, uh, by the way, I just want to throw uh, it out there because I read your uh, your letterbox. Thing. Yeah, that final you you summed it up with the rats fuck like us, <laughs> and I think that's a perfect line to represent this film for sure. You know it what I mean? Like this whole uh, the, gr- the grotesquerie. Yeah, and like yeah, exactly. I thought that 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 uh, even though it's played as a joke, when you put that into perspective, yeah. it, it kind of, it makes it meaningful to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is, I think accidentally meaningful that he right. a going, lot of it is that he, that accidentally he is, he is going so
3: full throttle into his own ideas on like what makes like America like tough and yeah. strong and cool And but and and also what we the repulsiveness that we have to push back and the the way that he captures it is just so accidentally revealing of like the things that he thinks and the things that he feels and the way that we process these images that it is actually, I think, artistic. Oh, 100%. (laughs) um and that scene in particular really really stood out to me um even though the filmmaking and that like again that's the downtime that's in between the yeah this is a
2: complete (laughs) like comedic scene basically yeah like you have martin lawrence like freaking out at the thought at the sight of the rats which by the way it's like this dude's the worst undercover guy ever (laughs) like holy shit can't even keep his shit together when he sees the rat i just find it funny because we always talk about like you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. Martin Lawrence is a horrible undercover cop. Yeah. <laughs> he's always <laughs> breaking character. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 really bad at it
3: even when he's not high on ecstasy. Yeah, and he it, has to do it high on ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> That's we'll thing. see
1: like it is supposed to be a comedy scene, but then we're like cutting back and forth between like a negotiation where a dude is in a barrel. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and there's like a finger sitting in a, a kitchen filled with blood. Not yeah. like sprinkled.
3: Like, build yeah. yeah, like splattered. it's a Roman Dexter. Yeah, 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 and, and it's and it's a gag. Like he is using human bodies being dismembered as like a gag.
2: Yeah, even when like Will finds it, he does the whole like, y'all some sick motherfuckers, aren't you? Like yeah. <laughs> he, they they still throw it into a whole gag <laughs> comedy thing. Well,
3: there's also that gag too, where the uh, uh, the Cuban villain. Shoots the one henchman in the head who let them in. This was great, and it splatters on the henchman's face behind him, and he's like, "Dude, what
2: the fuck?" Yeah, and then the mom, where he's <laughs> like, "What happened?" He's like, "He he shot himself." Very sad. Yeah, Very sad. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he shot, shot himself. so like nonchalant. It's his performance is fantastic. He's just such a. He's just like I said earlier. I guess he's he's wired. Like he he all, every time they have a close up of this guy's face, he's just sweating profusely. Yeah, that's and and like, uh,
3: Jordy Jordi Mola. I've seen him in a couple other things, I feel like. He looks familiar. His name. And he is from uh, Catalonia, which I did not know. But I I know I've seen him before because I'm pretty sure he's in Blow. Yes, he is. Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz. Yeah, 100% is, yep. Yeah, so that's where I mostly recognize him from. I haven't seen him in anything else, I don't think. But I did like him very in good movie. at playing
2: cokeheads. <laughs> yes,
3: but, but it it also helps that I've watched a lot of the Miami Vice television show, so he he, he fits right into the Miami Vice television yeah, show. Yeah, hundred percent. But just done to that bay extreme. Yeah, yeah, um, which makes him uh, just a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, and again, I think we're halfway through the movie now. Yeah, we kind of got to speed it up a little bit. But like, there's so much insanity that happens. I feel like we have to get to it. One shot I really loved, the 360 degree digitally stitched water. I was, I was water. just going to say we were need talk to talk
2: about that right now. Yeah, where again. Uh, What's sweet is, like, he, what he'll do is he'll go through a hole that's, like, established in the window already. Yes. But then Will Smith will shoot another hole, and he'll go through that one. Right. And it's just such but, but, <laughs> but also we know it's, it's digitally
3: stitched because the camera obviously can't fit through that hole. Right,
2: right. right. And, and he's connecting these shots, but he he's
3: connecting it. And the thing that's amazing about this is that normally the reason you would do a shot like this is to create a sense of geography to, like, right. create a coherency yeah because the idea is you're like will smith and martin lawrence are on this side of the wall the criminals are on that side of the wall and here in his action in his camera he is connecting them and he is showing you the space that they all are and where they are in relation to each other for an action scene yeah but they're will smith is just fucking like triggering them like there's no coherency to the actual scene it's just them
2: being like, "Fuck me, fuck you, yeah, no, fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Like, there's like the the you actual... can tell that Will is it wants the gunfight basically. Yes. Like, there's not even a, a hint of trying yeah, to Martin deescalate the situation. Martin Lawrence is like, situation. "Deescalate, yeah. deescalate," yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 and th- that's why this is the film where Mike Lowry finally gets like his claws into Martin Lawrence's character. Like, he finally like lets him unleash the beast, you know? Yeah. Right, because he they- just turns him into a complete psychopath by the end.
2: Yeah, because there's even that line where they like start shooting and then Martin's like, we should talk this out. We should talk to them. And then Will's like, oh, OK, go ahead. And then they start shooting again. So he's even using the situation that he created as to prove Mart- that Martin's wrong, even yeah. though yeah. he made the whole fucking thing pop off. <laughs> he's
1: so- gaslighting him. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> this
2: is deep character shit right here. There you go. Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least there is some character in there yeah. in <laughs>
3: But yeah, this scene has some great moments like Will Smith uh, dropping both magazines and the two guns he's holding at the same time and they smack each other in
2: midair in slow motion. Yeah. Um, there's he, also his use of the reflections and right. stuff like that. That close up of like when he it shows the gun through the wall and then the guy and then it just backs it the back of his right, head, the guy, just guy looks comes through out.
3: the bullet hole Oof. and then he sticks his gun in the eye hole and then boom shoots him right in the head there. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, again, fighting through... And it, the it, details it's a, it's ridiculous. It's a clever action scene where, like, they have to fight through this wall. but And it's so funny because it just leads to more destruction. Like, you could tell he conceived the scene because he was just <laughs> like, there's even more things they have to blow up and shoot yeah. through and hit each other with. Another
2: it, thing I find odd about the whole, like, Martin-Will dynamic is at the end of that scene when they're, they've killed everybody except for one guy... And Will Smith is like pointing the gun at his head and essentially just saying, I'm going to kill you. Well, where Martin is talking to the dead bodies going like, oh, hey, uh, do you know where your your boss is? Oh, no, because you're dead. So he's trying to make like a point to Will that killing all these people, you know, isn't the the answer. But then at the same time, and this happens multiple times in the series where he then turns it into, no, they were just playing good cop, bad cop to get information (laughs) to the guy that's alive but it's weird because martin seems to genuinely believe these things yeah. but then he'll <laughs> do a turn where it's like no i'm just playing good cop bad cop to get more information it's it's very weird like it's like he can't quite decide what Martin wants to do with his character, you know? No, I would
3: not say, again, this is uh, a Bay not one known for coherence, <laughs> which is why I find <laughs> it funny that his visual language in this scene is actually quite coherent and, yeah, like, it's well filmed it is, action. Visual, visual. Exactly, but there's no, like, there's nothing actually coherent happening in his film. It's all, like, like, on, on a sense of like uh, a lot of the character on a sense of a lot of like the ideology of the film on a sense of like a lot of the things that it's trying to get across the way that it uses certain images like yeah. it's so incoherent to the point where but it's so beautiful at the same
0: time yeah.
3: <laughs> um, and yeah I do like that bit where Martin Lawrence is like he don't know nothing his brains is under the, <laughs> table. the table yeah <laughs> And there's another part where from that I think that's where they pull the porn footage of the criminals, which then they yeah. play in the TV store
2: oh, where yeah. all of the families and the kids are watching the porn footage. And then they have that oh, conversation. This is, it's the best about the uh, like because he shot him in the ass earlier. Yeah. So he's just like he's like it's it's what you did to my ass. So yeah. My, of course, my
3: ass still hurts <laughs> from what you did to it the right. other night. So
2: Michael Bay, of course, has to have like the gay joke and all. He and needs all that. it in there. And not yep. and not only is it like a. A subtle one liner or whatever. It's a whole scene. He has to extend <laughs> the gay to joke. It.
3: It's like, wouldn't it be funny if these two guys were gay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, that's it's the joke. so <laughs> awful. And <laughs> Bay clearly has such disdain for, like, the average person. Like, I, I was oh, talking about like, oh, yeah, the American people are portrayed as good. But he gets, like, these close ups on these people's faces and they all just look horrible. And they're, like, normal looking people. But, like, <laughs> even the kid. Is like slathered and like chocolate and yeah. saliva, and he's like, "What's an erection?" And like, <laughs> it's it's just like repulsive, and it's just a child. How do you make a child repulsive? Even you know? well, yeah. <laughs>
2: Speaking of that, they even have that scene with uh, the the drug dealer and his niece. Yeah, and they kind of make a fat joke about the, the kid. Yeah. I was like, "God damn!" Like, the it's weird because I think the way that it's written, Bay thought that because he had the drug dealer stand up for his niece that. It, the movie wasn't making fun of her, but, but it, definitely it clearly was. is. Yeah. And it's <laughs> once again, just another kind of contradictory thing that Bay hasn't quite figured out yet, but it's, it's still somehow entertaining. No, I, I don't think he gets a lot of the time that
3: his images communicate things and what he right. chooses to film communicates things. I don't think he thinks the characters say one thing and I just film them looking cool while they do it. Yeah. It's like, well, no, you're, 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 filmmaking. you're directing. Yeah. <laughs> Cho- choosing <laughs> to include scenes and choosing to include characters saying things is part of the process. <laughs> yeah. And, uh,
1: <laughs> You know what? That's why this is the peak Michael Bay movie. He will never reach this level of bayness ever again. Like yeah. he might genuinely have like a better movie in his back pocket someday. I don't believe so. But I think the one thing that is absolutely coherent in this film is that it's just Michael Bay leaving a trail of wreckage, death, <laughs> destruction. Yes. And yeah. just straight up like vile attitudes about humanity in every scene. That's the through line. You two
2: motherfuckers need Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's exactly. how that what, what do you think <laughs> like – because since I've watched uh, Six Underground now, it's to me that's the movie that most represents this film. Uh, that I've seen since since then. for sure. yeah. And I'm just curious is like what what do you think kind of differs? like what why do you like this one more than Six Underground? Do you think almost Six Underground, he's too aware of what he's doing? Whereas this one is like some of these accidents have created almost genius. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, so like I, this I, one comes from a place of like pure passion in my opinion, angry passion because you've got to remember also, like he's just coming off Pearl Harbor. He was like, I'm gonna be a real yeah. filmmaker. And he gets reviled for it. So he's like, fine, fuck you. You want your fucking Michael Bay? I'll give you Michael Bay. Like, here's your fucking shit here, your blow ups there, bullets over here.
3: Hell yeah. I I also think it's the specific time period. I think that this coming out in like the peak George Bush era of the United States. Is just such this is such a perfect time capsule yeah. of like the attitudes and the feelings of of like that time that I find I don't know that I can say that as much about Six Underground at this point in time. Because I feel like we're all over the place now with how much communication we have and everything. For Whereas sure. here I can see, I can trace this to stuff yeah. that I remember. 100%. And I'm watching this and like, my God, there's a scene here where they fucking. I don't want to get to it yet because it's it's kind of near the big finale, like oh, okay. the Cuba stuff. But I think <laughs> that if I was to just pull out the 20 to 30 minutes that they spend in Cuba, this would be a masterpiece. And it would be completely – like it would almost be like – A film that George Bush paid him to make is what I would think about that last thirty minutes. But there's also scenes that get you the way there. Like there's more great scenes that we haven't talked about. Even like the 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 body parts falling out of the cars and the or uh, when they
2: have to hide with the body parts and all that. Oh, it's so gross. Again, he he
3: he's making it so intentionally disgusting and like the corpse flying over the vans them like running over it the one that lands on the windshield and he's like that shit is nasty and he just keeps
2: saying it too he's like that's nasty that shit is nasty and and in
3: the shot he's
2: he's framed the shot to include like the corpse's feet like sticking into the lens there's even a shot where and it's totally unnecessary the body uh, (laughs) hits the ground and then they zoom in on it and his head just flies off like just flies <laughs> off like 90 feet real fast too.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't remember. Is there a line in this where some guy goes, Oh, that's just unnecessary or yeah, whatever. I think there, I is. What there is. I just can't remember where it is. I, I can't either, but I'm somewhere.
1: almost certain I wrote that down. It, it is probably in there somewhere. I'm sure every line of dialogue that's ever been said, is in this film like there's just too much <laughs> there's to so not many be great, in there
3: great details martin L- lawrence like pulling the pepto bismo <laughs> and chugging it during the uh while they're raiding through the corpses for the ecstasy oh, and yeah. stuff
2: like that <laughs> when he takes the ecstasy it's just a a very funny comedic scene i mean i gotta love the Big fucking eyes, but a nice fucking fish. There's also a subplot <laughs> about like Will Smith
3: sleeping with the sister, and yeah. them not wanting to admit that part to it's each other. It's also
2: weird. Like Martin Lawrence has this whole thing. She's an official DAA agent. She's yeah. trained. She knows what she's doing. And his whole thing is how just because it's his sister, he's like, you can't do your job. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just found it hilarious that. Well,
3: it's it's that it's like it's that old school it's the
2: the man protecting the woman exactly it's that really
3: old school attitude about i just find
2: it funny that she's like an established cop and he's still (laughs) doing that you know usually they save it for like the daughter that's I don't know. Going out with hasn't figured or, shit out. Yeah, right whatever, you know, right? and it's just funny that she's like an official undercover well, DAA. And it's so
3: funny because the other women in are the film are the ones who get like all the upskirt shots, and like yeah. Will Smith is like a ladies' man, so like they're either sexual objects or like she's not good at her job, yeah. and they need to be protected, <laughs> and they need to be uh, what do they call that the the Madonna thing or whatever, where like she needs to be pure and protected. She right. can't be sleeping with Will Smith. That's a bad thing. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and also. Even in the corpses, he shows the breasts of the corpse, yeah. and they're talking about, they how, they're, jokes how, about it. <laughs> how they're going to do. They're going to go do the bimbo next or
1: whatever. Yeah, It's like dude. Yeah, for real. And like, Luckily, even for this they have movie, that one's like, say that, but that's but a little much.
2: Yeah, it's it's like, but you know that Michael Bay doesn't think like that. You know, like I like to, <laughs> I like to be able to say. That it's because the bad guys call her the bimbo or whatever. Yeah. But I don't I don't think Michael Bay would have given a fuck either way. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also, um, <laughs> what's that? A
3: big fucking eyes. Nice, nice fucking uh, fish. Nice fucking fish.
2: <laughs> and I love the close-up. They have the camera in the, the fishbowl. So Martin Lawrence's eyes are just huge. <laughs> and it just, it's, it's, it's great knowing. And that dance move, when he walks, when he dances into the room, the snaps and the circle hands. That shit's one of the like for some reason well, that Lawrence move is funny as hell, has yeah. imprinted in me like comedy wise. I think it's one of the funniest things I've seen. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to smash through a couple of the other scenes oh, for before sure. we get to the get finale to the Cuba, here. Yeah,
3: yeah, the Yeah, uh, heli- the helicopters uh, chasing them in the boat chase and the helicopters going underneath uh, the bridge. Oh yeah, uh, and it's all like candy colored and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure because that helicopter also almost hits that boat at one point. I'm pretty sure you ripped <laughs> that from Gator.
0: Oh the yeah! The swamp chase
3: where the helicopter and the swamp chase for sure. Motherfuckers pulling from Burt Reynolds. <laughs> There's a stormer getting uh, sc- uh, just like filled with squibs. I love this line at before. The Scarface when he's looking
2: at the cops and he's just like, "I'm on your side." <laughs> like cuz <'cause, laughs> he's decided to kill the Cuba guy. <laughs> so he's like, "I'm a
1: cop now. Like I'm I'm right with the good guys. I'm killing the drug dealer." That was a great line. It's uh, so funny cuz it's like, okay, well his whole subplot was not important to anything, anything. <laughs> overall. Yeah. And it's like why, like the movie's operating in not reality at this point. Why not just have a yeah. meet up with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? <laughs> like they like even, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Like they even have the captain just like scolding them, and then I think like a scene later, he he comes and and gives them like a Navy SEAL to help them out. Right. <laughs> yeah. This,
3: this, is, this is this is one thing I was gonna point out because that's pivoting us into the finale where yeah. the um the main villain kidnaps the sister. And that's where you get the big sweeping, which is, it's the same shot they do from the first film, but it's just even bigger. And, and uh, it seems it's on a lo- even a longer lens.
1: Shit just got real. Says, Shit just got real. <laughs> that's the moment. That's yeah. the Michael Bay moment. That yeah. is the Michael Bay moment. Definitive. And then they say,
3: sure. we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life, oh, and they decide that. I get,
2: I get man chills. You know they I decide
3: <laughs> that extrajudicially, ju- they are going to invade Cuba we to have, get the sister back.
2: We have to mention, though, uh, when they say that we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life, then all those cops that are like, fuck the system, and they start walking <laughs> in, like, slow motion. There's a beam of light coming from the window. Oh, it's so they, <laughs> they, heroic. They open it up, and the guy goes, be- like, one of the most cliched but amazing, like, manly man lines, where he's just like, I heard you guys are going to do something stupid. I'm <laughs> in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that's, oh, that's
2: classic action shit right there.
1: It's even better when you're watching them all head towards the room with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and they're like crying. We're like, we're going to figure this out, man. Yeah. Another group of guys comes out from like a separate door <laughs> yeah. from the meeting room just to meet up with the other group of guys going to meet up with them. Yeah. It's it's the shit. <laughs> it's so
2: good. I I was – so pumped for the next 20 minutes after that. <laughs> yeah, so they
3: decide that they're going to go off the grid to Cuba, and they're going to do it with, like, some real psycho shit. Like, they were, like, immediately, they were like, dude, I got some contacts in the CIA. I got you some CIA guys. We're going to fucking you do this. We got SEALs.
2: We got Marines. <laughs> <laughs> and basically,
3: Michael Bay decided that the last half hour of his movie was going to be an, uh, an action war movie set piece, where he relitigates the Bay of Pigs, but, like, in 2003 yeah. and so you're sitting here going and you were like yeah during the cold war like cuba and america had like some problems there but like it was 2003 and like at this point like they're gearing up for the war on terror they're doing the you know they're gearing up the iraq war and stuff like yeah. that and michael Bay's just like i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go relitigate an old thing and we're gonna win it this time because obviously the bay of <laughs> pigs is one of the biggest like failed coup attempts by the cia we even saw it in the irishman they used it uh it was uh frank oh. sheeran delivers arms for it right He watches it (laughs) fail on the TV, which is funny. And in this case, the final set piece, they got like the Apocalypse Now copters on the sunset. They got the Gorilla Force. They are uh, huge hucking. Cuban mansion. Exactly. They it's fucking Scarface shit. They got they're hucking cats and iguanas onto the property to like fuck with the sensors and stuff. And the guy, the guy, they're drawing a painting of him as Jesus at the Last Supper inside of his house. <laughs> I love when he realizes that it's depressing because <laughs> Jesus died after the Last Supper He's like, and Ooh, he didn't know this?
2: that.
3: <laughs> and here's the oh. thing, so. They pull out the bazookas. They start bazooking the house. They're popping out of the coffins with rifles
2: out of the ground. The limbs are literally, they come out of the ground at <laughs> <Yeah>. one point.
3: <laughs> Fucking amazing! E- they're they're blowing up the house. They're blowing up everyone. They literally invade Cuba, who they're not even at war with or anything. Right.
2: And that's the thing. <laughs> they even make a point to say that they do not have a warrant for this or anything, right? No. They're Earlier in the film, over. they
3: literally say fuck warrants, Yeah, they're which just like, I, by the way, which was done. the attitude of the Iraq war was we're not going to wait for yeah. anyone to actually grace us. We're just going to go fucking do it. Fuck that shit. That's we the don't need Congress. Congress. Michael so, Bay's
2: woke.
1: He's going nuts. <laughs> no. And then
3: they, I couldn't believe it when they blow up the Cuban house. And I was like, OK, they got the bad guy or, the, you know, they, they blew up his shit. Whatever. Yeah, they got he's the probably girl. done. Everything's fine. Yeah. They take the yellow Hummer. And they drive it through. <laughs> How the, I forgot
2: about this scene is unbelievable to the me. The poor housing
3: community. And it, they literally, it's five minutes of them ripping through housing, probably killing tens of yeah. uh, hundreds, maybe even, of, of just people, the, like, of children, of, the poorest of, poor, of the poor people too. in Cuba. Yeah, And they're ripping through it and they're laughing about it. They're having a great time. <laughs> In, Dude, in a giant yellow Hummer. And I couldn't think of a more American image oh, than yeah. a massive yellow Hummer. Yeah. Just pummeling Cuban and civilians. The
2: detail on them plowing through. You see every piece of sheet metal just rip
1: fly. off. The sparks just fly everywhere. And here's the thing, too. With explosions the, behind every single one they're crashing into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Um,
2: and what's crazy, too, is that at first he kind of paints it as like they're going through the uh the drug section yeah so so at first you're like you you try to make an excuse in your brain where you're like okay well he's just (laughs) destroying the labs you know like fine but then at the end of the scene they have villagers (laughs) like shake their fists at the fucking hummer and i was i was so like i i couldn't believe what i just fucking watched and they do it like it's like that 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 uh kind of scene where like a fruit stand gets smashed and then yeah. the fruit owner goes like you kids or whatever yeah. but instead you just watched an entire poor community <laughs> just, just be, be destroyed completely detonated by a fucking <laughs> and they're just like you destroyed my whole life. invading American forces. Oh it's you Americans <laughs> It's
3: unbelievable. Those my bad m- boys
1: are at it again. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah I I
3: I think I, I, I wrote about it in, in my review, but I think that like by accident he has probably come up with like the most like incoherent and repulsively maximalist depiction of like American exceptionalism and imperialism, like ever Ever. crafted. Yeah. And because of that, I don't think I've seen
2: anything like it. it's
3: probably one of the most honest ones because somehow Uh like that, like the villagers shaking their fists is like how some people might actually think of America. But I don't think Bay put it in there because he wanted to do that. No, he just was like, that's the truth of that. <laughs> yeah, that's his truth. Yeah. <laughs> that's his, that's his social commentary. And, and, and now, now we get to the real, cause like, even if that was it, great movie. Oh yeah. Great Easy movie, but
2: we aren't done yet. No, we aren't done. <laughs> they, they get to
3: American soil and they're so psyched to be like, finally, we're going to get to the safe area. America. And I was like, well, it wasn't safe for any of those fucking houses uh, with, yeah. <laughs> from you guys. So like, they're being like, we're getting safe to American soil and the American soil they're getting to, I kid, it's fucking Guantanamo Bay. Oh yeah. Notorious <laughs> for torturing fucking prisoners of war. Yeah. And at the time they were doing it. So I I looked this up
2: and this would have been a time that we didn't know about it. Right? No, we wouldn't Cause have Cause this it wouldn't
3: yet. have been public knowledge. No, there, there was a little bit of. Um, so
2: it's so funny
3: to watch this there, now. Th- there was reporting about it, but it wasn't like common knowledge. Like it is right. now. Like you say that name now, and people are like, oh, yeah. yeah. I heard about that. But at the time, people yeah. were only just like, people thought Americans weren't capable of that kind of stuff at the right. time when this right. movie came out. But what's fascinating is that they get to the landmines <laughs> out front of Guantanamo Bay. Martin Lawrence shoots the Cuban guy through the head in slow motion. You watch the bullet go in and out, blood everywhere. He falls backwards onto a mine and is liquefied all over (laughs) Will Smith.
2: I love, too, how they like – because I think in some weird way, the iconography of of The Last Supper before and then having him get (laughs) shot – it seems like he almost like he, he one when he gets shot. They close up on his face and his reaction, and it almost looks like he's like exercised, Like something comes out, <laughs> like a soul, and then and then when he falls into the sand, like like Christ like with his Christ, arms out. yeah, it's just like I don't know. I don't think they was trying to say no. anything with it, but no. the image. Is it's, just striking. R- yeah, it's striking. Yeah, it's striking, especially well, having that Last Supper thing I'm before. Watching
3: him just explode all over Will Smith, it's totally disgusting. And Will Smith goes, yeah! That's how you shoot! That's <laughs> how you do it, Mark shoot. Lawrence.
1: And we got to remember... The entire, like, if there is a narrative thread in this film, apart from Bay just being like, fuck everything into oblivion, Yeah. is that Will Smith has been like, Martin Lawrence, you need to learn how to shoot better. You need to learn how to be a better man. Yeah, you need to yeah. be a better family man. Yeah, kill some motherfuckers. <laughs> and here he's like, you've done it. You've achieved enlightenment. You <laughs> killed a man <laughs> so hard he blew up. <laughs> in half
3: yeah like oh my god that's amazing and okay this is this is my favorite detail of it because after that happens will smith gets up he goes (laughs) over and he makes out with the sister yeah i came all
2: the way to cuba for this
3: (laughs) (laughs) and as he makes out with her in profile is fucking guantanamo bay yeah and, and i looked this up i kid you not this was obviously the prison where we tortured people. And there was 23 suicide attempts in that prison the year that this movie came out. Jeez, and Michael Bay shit. Michael Bay is using it as a romantic backdrop. <laughs> while it, on the soundtrack for the third time in this movie, Shake Your Tail Feather by Nellie <laughs> comes up. Probably one of the least romantic songs I've ever heard. Yeah, for real. <laughs> And that's the song that plays as the romantic kiss shot happens in front of Guantanamo Bay. And then and I, I was like, and then that's the cut to credits.
2: Yeah, and I love the the very last line is Martin having, like, some actual logic to him. He's like, you guys going to do that just around the landmines? <laughs> <laughs> and then it fades. And you're like, that's so fucking, that's chef's kiss right there, man. I, and then, of course, I mean, I do love, uh, that is the ending, but... I do love the little like they, the, the the pool breaks again, and then they have a nice little like I, they sing "Bad Boys" wrong. But, but it's so funny that that like lighthearted family moment happens
3: could happen after that. Right after we yeah, watched that, I was I like, "Dude, here I am thinking it's about almost, it really a makes massacred it work country of people and tortured people while they're fucking yeah. making out." And and like Bay doesn't understand that that's what these images mean. But he's gotten there to the point by so believing in like America that he doesn't register that. That's yeah, he what doesn't that means. see it, and it's fucking amazing. It's actual yep. poetry. I think it is. the last twenty thirty minutes of this, like as, as its own short film, I think it's a <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that that should that should be taught in schools as like defining American cinema.
1: Honestly, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Oh, I completely agree with no, that. One hundred percent. But we can and go I, and I think, oh, go I think ahead, really quick that there's a lot of discussion with film criticism about like you know what determines a good movie, bad movie, subjectivity, objectivity. Like at the end of the day, it's about what you feel about a movie, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, I can't tell you whether or not Bad Boys Two is actually any good or if it's the worst film ever made. <laughs> but I know it's one of the most films ever made. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> And I think that's the important takeaway here. That's I get something way out of it, it that I do not get from most movies.
3: No, this is like, like even if the guy himself, you know, maybe doesn't understand how or why, I think that this is art. Yeah. This is real artistry well, on I display. Think he has being... created something that only could have come from his brain. Right. And I wish I just got more of this than the fucking bland, stale blockbuster shit we get nowadays. Well, absolutely. And it's like you the said it's like
2: unintentional honesty. Committee. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just – it's something that only Michael Bay could make by having the lacking of understanding of, exactly. of the system it's and pure, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's pure. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not someone like I, – I get tired of seeing the social commentary. You it's know so, what I yeah. mean? This is just like kind of feeling it even though it's completely accidental. Someone hasn't
3: thought it through. And, yeah.
2: But they've thought – so poorly thought it through that it's, that it's actually it sort of there. <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, it's really crazy. This yeah. movie's amazing. <laughs> it is.
1: Oh yeah, it's a masterpiece.
3: Oh man. Pivoting towards the reductive rating round, on this on this watch I am going for the whole 4, but it is yeah, the high 4 for it's me.
1: It's so
2: close for me
3: because like front to back, this is just I think one of the most like odious, hateful, disgusting films I've ever seen and so visually realized that it is, it is compelling to the point where it's almost convincing. I can see how people watch this and don't even think about any of that stuff because Michael Bay,
0: I mean, I can say I didn't when I was a teenager, really thought
3: through the universe. And like, again, I got to like, it's just, it is just one of the, I think most beautiful and honest films ever made by probably a guy who believes some absolutely repulsive, disgusting things. And that I disagree with him on things or that he's not a smart person doesn't even occur to me when it comes to rating the film, the pure expression on display. Yeah. The fact that he was able, a lot of passion to communicate that somehow through film in such a way that, you know, I was thoroughly entertained front to back and I'll leave you guys with, I thought a great quote that summarized this for me. This was by letterboxd, uh, Writer uh, Sydney Taylor and she wrote about this recently about this film saying there's a part of me that believes in hope love and the endless beauty of the universe that marvels at the wonders humanity is able to create and knows that despite everything there is something in us worth saving and there's a part of me that fucking hates everyone that sometimes (laughs) wants to throw my hands up in anger and defeat and sit down in my lawn chair and watch the world nuke itself The only time that those two parts overlap and merge into one coherent thought is when I watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's well said. (laughs) And it feels like a perfect description of the two things that you're watching because Michael Bay, in terms of craft, in terms of, you know, the way that he conceives of images, like there is something beautiful, something convincing happening there. And just what he thinks about the world, the way that he looks at the world, the repulsiveness of it, just this complete American odyssey of grotesquerie, I gotta say, like, it is one of the nastiest and best things that I've ever seen. And I'm struggling to almost come up with a reason why I don't give it the five.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But I am going
3: to go with the four for now. But honestly, I could see myself returning back to this because I... I want to be convinced. I I think that this is, if Bay has a masterpiece, this is probably it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I agree with everything you said. I especially enjoyed watching them in sequence. Uh, Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2, just to see the, you know, watching Michael Bay form into Michael Bay. It was very fascinating. And I forgot just how it was lacking in, in the first Bad Boys and then when I w- came to this one, <laughs> within the first 20 minutes, he's put his stamp on it. You know yes. what I mean? Like, And that's that was something that was, I guess, missing with the first one where I was like, I see Bay, but I'm not feeling Bay. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> with this one, it was like within the first 10 minutes, he's already doing things that are so over the top, so ridiculous. Uh, th- the social commentary is... Is like there, but completely accidental, yes. um, and that's that, why it works. That that's thing. why it works <laughs> so well because it's because of that. It's so honest. He he um, he has
3: accidentally critiqued America somehow by right. just so fullheartedly but, believing in it and all of its repulsiveness. That's the thing. And expressing he's, it, he's like, honestly. It
2: by thinking that he's made this film like loving it. Like passionately going like, look how big and amazing we are. But then without knowing, just saying he's included the deep, also the bad
3: details of it, not thinking that they're bad details. Rats (laughs) fuck
2: like us. Yes,
0: (laughs) that's it.
3: That's the Uh, defining line. That's the
2: defining line. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give it a four. But honestly, this this could get there, man. This is such a wild ride. So, yeah, could get the five. Yeah. For you, Diego. Yeah, no, it's the full five. Yeah, um, there you go. It's
1: I really hate that you brought up the the Sydney Taylor Letterbox one because that's like the best take on Bad Boys Two ever. <laughs> yeah, for, for those that don't know that that post that singular post, it that's it. That's all you need for like analytical analysis of I Bad Boys Two. Bad Boys Two, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, it's terrific. But like. Uh, God, just what would you even say about something like this? It's just – I know. There should be a book <laughs> written on it like uh, Tarkovsky's Voyage of Time, I believe that book is called, right? Someone should do that version <laughs> of that book but for Bad Boys 2 specifically. Yes. Because I think you could do it. I oh, think you could yeah. totally do it and it would be essential reading for me. It would join my library of books. Um, it is like – the closest I can get to even like a Sydney Taylor post is like – it's like staring God in the eyes – as they ejaculate fireworks on the American flag. Like, that's what (laughs) Bad Boys 2 is like, basically. Yep.
2: Goddamn. Have you, has anyone heard Michael Bay talk about this film? Like, has he ever come out and said anything that maybe would hint that some of it was intentional? I I, I know that Michael Bay does what Bay does. I I haven't looked
3: into it myself,
1: but I haven't seen it out there. Yeah,
2: I didn't know if he did, like, a lot of interviews or anything like that. But anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, he doesn't really talk about these yeah, like he didn't direct okay. bad boys 3 which is like that was he's not even concerning. a part of
2: it yeah i agree uh it doesn't even look like he's a producer credit on it which i was like oh okay it, it just seems like if it's not gonna have that magic i don't know man i don't know yeah
3: we'll have to wait and see on that one the one thing i think's going for it is it's shot by the guy who shot um Revenge. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, hell that's yeah. the cinematographer on the film. Okay, so. well, it'll look great. That's yeah. for sure. So I'm, I'm I'm curious how it turns out, but I don't I really don't think that it's going to have this Bad Boys 2 Magic. That's for no, sure. No, I not. don't think so. Like, but it is pure Bay. The, the And the, if you want to see some of this Bay matching it, you, Magic, you can see some of it in Six Underground currently on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, you can. Which yeah. is what kind of it's inspired totally like us to go back and, uh, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and do this one. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I got to say, it does feel like the specific time, the specific feeling, the specific place, like this could have only came out of directly at an America that was feeling wounded and, as Diego mentioned, needed to reaffirm itself after 9-11 and who was ramping up into doubling down on all of its worst collective tendencies of not waiting for (laughs) proof or evidence or... Not having any kind of manners, not having any empathy for people, not having any uh, sense of human decency or yeah. care for bodily harm. Yeah, like, no respect this for the movie human body. This only been crafted in that exact time period. And Michael Bay is the only one who I think isn't smart enough to not realize that that's what he was doing, but to so purely express those feelings. Yeah. And, and to be in a position to be able to render it expensively it takes a lot of money to be able to make something like this so oh, like oh yeah i honestly think that this was just a perfect storm of the right guy at the right time with the <laughs> the the right ideas <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh the right budget capabilities and the immaturity to do it again <laughs> it all comes back to a kid Blowing up a train set.
2: Just a 10-year-old with a wild dream.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And instead, he comes back and he's like... He never grew up. What if America blew a bunch of stuff up and I filmed that? (laughs) It would be the same beautiful little childish thing that it always was for me. (laughs) Yeah. But instead, it's human corpses being destroyed. Lives being destroyed. Upskirt (laughs) shots, you know. Corpses' heads flying off. Beautiful. But anyway... I think that will wrap it up for this yeah. week. That was our ultra-long <laughs> episode on Bad Very Boys. Very normal episode. <laughs> and Bad Boys 2. Thanks so much, Diego, for bringing these yes, films thank on with you. Um, oh, thank you for having got, me. No problem at all. If you've got anything to plug, this is the place to do it.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, the Waffle Press. My, my podcasts. it's on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, and Also, I'm on Patreon, too. So go check that out where I have a lot more stuff coming out. Um, I am doing a long, long retrospective series on the works of Adam Sandler and Steven Spielberg. It's called Happy Amblin. Cool. Uh, nice. Where, yeah, where me and my, my co-host Matt Garingo are hopping back and forth between the filmographies of those two uh, star powers, if you will. <laughs> and we're going to wrap up with West Side Story and Uncut Gems back to back. So. I'm very excited to get there, and this okay. is not for me, but if anybody out there has the original Bad Boys 3 script that Joe Carnahan wrote, please, yeah. you guys have more listeners than I do, <laughs> let me know. I'm on Twitter at the Diego Crespo. <laughs> please, us know. I'm dying yeah. to read that.
3: Also let us know. <laughs> yeah, If I would any, love if if to any read of that. you guys have any tips on getting that screenplay. I know a couple <laughs> people who, who do find some of these screenplays, so yeah, um, that was how I got the Joker screenplay super early. All when right, someone said right. that to me. Um, but... That will wrap it up for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I think in uh, one week's time we are going to be back uh, continuing our descent through a bit of the American crime movie action movie id, but we're going to go back to the 80s and 90s a little bit, uh, and we are going to finish off our discussion on the Death Wish franchise. Two years ago, one of our first episodes was doing Death Wish 1, 2, and 3. And so for next week's uh, episode for the Patreon listeners, we are going to be targeting specifically Death Wish 4 and 5, which includes Charles Bronson throwing a guy into a garment shredder. Yeah. Which includes <laughs> with, Char- with no emotion at all. <laughs> throwing Michael <laughs> Parks into a pit of open acid that's just in a clothing factory for some reason. We yeah. never really figured out why that was. <laughs> uh, but there's lots of awesome Bronson just – murdering people because yeah. it's the right thing to do. And the fourth one Damn right. is called The Crackdown. Yeah. He takes the war on drugs on. Yeah. So the crackdown. right It's gotta right? be a pun. That's what we're doing on Patreon.com slash Podcast next week. And then in two weeks' time we are going to be back with a special guest uh, for the free listeners and we are going to be back talking children's sci fi adventure films. We yeah. are, <laughs> which is a bit of a pivot. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. But uh, we are going to be talking about the last Starfighter and Tron.
2: Nice. I haven't seen Tron since I was like
3: eight. So. No, me neither. So I'm excited to talk about those, and it's going to continue a bit of a journey where we're going to pursue a little bit of sci-fi throughout the month of January and February there, because uh, we haven't we realized we haven't done a whole lot of sci-fi on the show. Yeah. So we're going to take on a I'd little bit like more. I definitely like to dive into more for so, sure. But anyway, that's what you can expect over the next two weeks. Uh, I think that'll wrap it up. Thanks, as always, for listening, and keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy, y'all.